here I am, rocking like a hurricane. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it is I, and I am him, the one and only Steel Brain, and you are now locked in, tuned in to one of the most amazing Saturday morning shows that you can ever find on any of these YouTube streets, Twitter streets, Facebook streets, whatever street that you troll, I'm telling you. We're probably the best in those avenues. With that being said, this is episode 41. Again, almost a year of doing this with my brother from another Pong Soul. But we're going to get into him in this here in a second. What? With that being said, um, let's start off with some things. First, I got a shout out to the Midweek Mix-Up Collective, uh, Wandering Dutch and all the wonderful fellas out that way for showing us love, support, and allowing us to just be us overall. Um, also, I got some amazing, well, I say amazing. Uh, I feel like the the hour that I lost in the back end of this clip um, was more amazing than this because this is literally me just starting the game. Pong kind of giving me a rundown of how things work. But some Rainbow Six Extraction gameplay uh, live, raw, and uncut for you all. So hopefully you all enjoy that. It's about an hour and 20 minutes of that. Uh, so you'll get to see it run through a couple times, maybe to help you make that choice to jump into it. Again, it's on Game Pass. It's $40. Hey, Invest in games that you're interested in. I think it's a worthy title. Um, again, and I say that as somebody who was not interested, as I have said here before. But we'll get into that later. But this is now the point where I have to introduce one of the most amazing gentlemen uh, that I have had the pleasure of meeting in this last year. Uh, again, he has become a brother from another to me and to some others. Uh, but with that being said, he is the uncanny gentleman himself, the the king of the X-Men, the mutant himself, no. <laughs> the guy who brings it all the way from Pong. Oh, my guy, Pong Soul. How you feeling today, man? Steel, you can just call me Boom Boom from here on out. <laughs> We're taking it back to the Boom Boom room. <laughs> Oh, that's a little behind the scenes. We had to talk about the new X-Men. Uh, yeah. Good morning. Uh, afternoon, everybody. So, yeah, I was feeling I were talking about the new X-Men and how awful, uh, in our opinion, some of the names are for yeah. the new X-Men. Yeah, uh, And if anybody who's watched this show from the beginning, uh, you guys would understand my uh, – we've, we've had an X-Men rant here or two. Maybe yes. I've said something about it. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the direction of the X-Men over the past probably decade. Uh, a right. decade and a half. Uh, I go back to the uncanny days. That's why Steel throws that in there in the beginning of our intros. Yes. Um, but yes, one of the new X-Men, the secret X-Men that they're Ooh. doing. One of one of the names is Boom Boom. Hey. So I don't know which was my favorite. Boom Boom, Strong Guy. I think Sunspot. Armor. I think Sunspot is the one. You're going with Sunspot. I know Sunspot you like that is Sunspot the, one. Hey, the Sunspot, it does something special to me, man. I don't know. Maybe because it's the luxurious tan I got on my body. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, it fits you, Florida guy. Oh, so well, it Sunspot does, it does. is perfect. Sunspot is perfect for the Florida guy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all right, that's comic talk out of the way. Uh, hey, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon uh, for all of our UK 100%. friends and family out there. Steal, steal, steal. Yeah, Let me tell you, brother, when I got into this podcasting game, 
And I jumped into this community Baltimore. before even I jumped in this. I jumped in this community because of the new consoles coming out, current gen. And I just wanted to get good information. Right. And that's when I started listening to, you know, uh, RDX Same. and, um, same. You know, ILP found ILP and found same. you know all, all these different places. Exactly the same. Mr. Boomstick, Double Barrel Gaming. Um, hey, speaking know, of that, yeah. boom! I see that you're here in chat and everything. Um, I've made you a mob because again, I feel like you are a god, like you are a god in your own right in this <laughs> podcasting space. But with that being said, hey, look, Mr. Boom Dominus Maximus, as I say, at 10K, is only yeah. about a hundred subs away. So if you guys, I know we're a little bit of a smaller channel and maybe I shouldn't be shouting out my, my brother, but Boom has been an amazing gentleman. He's been, he welcomed me with uh, open arms in the very beginning. Um, I know I could probably say the same thing for Pong. Uh, again, let's help Mr. Boomstick himself get that Maximus title so he can officially become Boom Dominus Maximus because he is one of the hardest working gentlemen in within this industry and deserves nothing but love and praise. And man, the work that this man does behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he should be up there with IGN or I think he's even better than that, honestly, with the amount of work that he does behind the scenes and making sure that he gives you guys that as I say, live, raw, and uncut passion. But that's right. my fault, that's Paul, right. get back to it. No, that's all right. Go, go, go sub to Boom because he is one of the greats in this community, and uh, he deserves a lot more than 10K. So uh, if you have Facts. not subbed to Double Barrel Gaming, please go do that uh, for sure because Boom deserves all of the praise uh, that, it, that uh, Steel just heaped upon him uh, for sure. So please go do that. Um. But yeah, when I jumped into this community, um, you know, I was looking for information on the current gen consoles. Right. Found this amazing place full of people just as passionate as me. And then um, somehow got roped into podcasting and found out that I loved it. And yeah. obviously, all my extended families, including yourself, Steel, brother from another, uh, this is why we do this. This type of week, the excitement, exactly. the electricity, Steel. Yep. Let me tell you, again, we preach it here so often. All these people that want to kill hype, uh, that want to kill your excitement for the things that are coming out, that want to kill the, the talk that we have, including on this show here, when we dive into speculation town and we talk about possible acquisitions, right. we talk about what ifs, right? right. And we talk about... Uh, we, we, we try to give you the good information, letting you know that it wasn't about what if, but when something like this was going to happen, even right. if we could never have, I mean, we could have foreseen it and, you know, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it just didn't look, just didn't look like Activision Blizzard would be a company that, uh, that uh, Microsoft and Xbox would be interested in because of all the problems. Even during those times, people were saying, don't talk about acquisitions. Don't, don't, right. you know, just, just why do you guys do that? It's, it, you know, it's, it gets so annoying talking about acquisitions. Guess what? This week here is why we do it. Okay. And when this historic uh, acquisition happened this week, Steel, man, I just, uh, <laughs> again, golden age, I, look, gold, look, gold, golden age game is here, brother. Okay, talk Golden Age of Gaming is here. We, go. We've been talk talking about this go. forever. We've been talking about this stuff forever. We've been saying that there's going to be these possibilities, this potential potentiality coming down the road when we looked at the landscape, 
right? Consolidation is happening. And I know a lot of people are upset that consolidation is happening. I can hear those conversations if you're going to come at me with intelligence. If you're going to come at me with the argument that, you know, hey, look, overall, we can't have one, two companies controlling everything in this industry. I agree with you, okay? I agree with you. That would not be good. Hey, We're not even close to that. I just recently got a uh, a second internet provider that I could go get internet from. Hey, right. just to wake people up a little bit. Worse, a lot, lot worse position, right? This industry has over 2,000 companies in it. Exactly. Over 200,000 devs working on games right now. We're not even right. close to that point. So one of the great parts about this is sitting back and just being able to enjoy it. I don't care. I, I would not have cared if the tables were turned. And this was Sony, even though this generation... Yeah, I have my leanings towards Xbox because I chose Xbox out the game right. out the gate because they're giving me so much value in Game Pass, right? I still just enjoy this industry as a whole. And right now, stuff like this, this is a historic moment that we're going to be feeling 10, 15, 20 years from now. And to be able to be sitting in a chair talking to you, brother, right. talking to all these other shows this week and talking to the chats out there, all these passionate gamers about this. This is the exciting times. You got to look at the potential, the possibilities of what this is going to bring and the positive side of things. I refuse to go down the doom and gloom path. I refuse to be pessimistic about uh, this. Uh, yeah. So, this so you know what? Being reason. here on a Saturday on Living Split Screen, episode 41, like you said, Steel, we are coming up on a year. Man, this is why I jumped into this game right here. This is right. why I got into podcasting. Uh, is for these types of moments. I'm going to be able to look back and say, I was there when Xbox made the biggest acquisition in gaming history. And when Xbox has the chance to turn around one of the great companies ever, Activision goes back to my Atari 2600 days. Yep. Activision has been around back. that long. They have a chance to clean up a cancerous situation and spit shine a company, Ooh. two companies actually in Blizzard being one of the greatest PC names of yes. all time. Spit shine mm. both of those companies up and bring them back to their glory. Bring back IP that we have been missing out on for so long. This is why I do this and I am damn hyped to be here today steel even though i've been talking about this all week long we're getting to it you i love it. it i love it steel i love it and to be it. here chat you guys are all looking amazing i can't wait to get down to business steel we got some talk about rainbow six extraction as well yeah, we do but obviously activision blizzard is going to dominate this uh conversation we're going to try to bring you some other things i got some rants to go down if you can't tell i'm upset about some of the takes um, again, not from the circus and the clown show. Yeah. Again, get Wholesome, help. More notable. It's all, but but for more notable people yeah. in this industry who should know better than to come at this from a pessimistic viewpoint, I believe. Again, entitled to opinions. I think it's fear mongering if you want me, if I it, want me to take it to the next level. That's what a, I think. A, but it is, it is, and, and people get wrapped up in that. And again, I can appreciate and respect intelligent conversations, not just Xbox bad. Xbox bat. I can appreciate that. And some of yeah. them have given intelligent responses. I disagree entirely, but we will get down to that as well. So thank you all for joining us today. I cannot wait to talk some more. 
So Steel, yeah, where man. Do you want, where do you want to go, brother? Because obviously you told everybody we've been playing Rainbow Six Extraction. We got to get yeah. some games coming up. We yeah. got some games this week that people are going to maybe be interested in. There's not a whole lot. There might be some stuff that people are interested in. Not a whole lot, yeah, but there's some things to touch on, throw it back a little yeah. bit, Um, because there is a title coming out this week that is getting me to invest in the side that I use, that I haven't been invested in really myself since. We'll get into it here in a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, we definitely have to get into these upcoming game segment again, Um, and I, yeah. we definitely will uh, end the show today with the This Day in Gaming segment. Again, um, I have heard some interesting conversations about gaming being treated as art, which is really funny to me now, because <laughs> it seems like more that me and you kind of talk about that, more others kind of start saying the same thing, which is hilarious to me. Um, And again, I'm always going to shout out uh, the homie uh, Everborn Saga. Shout out to him and K. Asante, uh, that I do believe they have a show around the same time that we go live so shout out to them um they're amazing gentlemen too so um much love but <laughs> joy the dark says pokemon steel rain hey well, we'll get it we'll get into it here in a moment um but yeah let's get into he this know you? He, he might he might i think he might he might know me personally behind the scenes but we'll see um but yeah let's get into these upcoming games so we can really talk to these people about um some of the up and down opinions that we've kind of seen about Rainbow, for example, and then kind of go from there. So let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hey. go into the upcoming hey, games. I, I like that. I, I look, that threw me off a little bit. Shout out to Mr. Joe Dar for subscribing. Because yeah. uh, I changed the, the image and the noise for when somebody subscribes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so And he subscribed, and it just threw me completely off the loop. I was like, hey, there's a little jig. I like that. That's why I picked it. Hey. But, uh, <laughs> that's uh Yes, please. And if you are here and you're enjoying this energy already early this please. morning, please do share this out. Please help us in that. Again, we are on mission 1K for this year. Uh, again, I think that's a little low ball. We'd like to think that we can hit more than 1K this year, but Steele and I definitely want to hit at least 1,000 this year. Um Again, we, we just want to build a great community. We want people to subscribe because they love us. They, you know, and that they like what we're throwing down here. We don't want just to to throw out contests all the damn time, right? Uh, and, and just get a bunch of people who have no interest in ever coming and listening to us. That's not what we're about. So please share us out with some friends, family, uh, dogs, cats, whoever can subscribe hey. uh, and come listen to us. Please do so. Yeah, 100%. And then don't also forget, um, I also upload our live show to our audio listeners to Spotify, Apple, Google, Stacker, um, anywhere that you get your podcast services from or audio platforms from. Uh, we're on there also. Just search us up. Living Split Screen. Check us out. Uh, we definitely got to build some a bigger audience on there. I want to get some more reviews and things on there. Uh, I think I might start working on that too. So, hey man, wherever it's at, you don't have to listen to us live. I always tell people all the time, oh, as I knock my mic out the way, uh, don't worry if you miss the show live. Catch us on the back end. Hit me in the comments. Say, yo, love, love what you guys brought today. Or tell me what you hated, and that's the only way that we can get better. So, with that's that right. being said, let's let's get into these game releases, man. So we okay. can uh, get into. Well, that there's not a whole lot, but there is one near and dear to Steel's heart. So we will get to that in just a second. <laughs> Different we'll generations, brother. We'll say that. All right, let's go here. All right, number one. Uh, this is going to be for the week of the twenty. 20- 4th of january 2022 already headed into february 
my God, time just flies. You yeah, already. Woo. All right. So number one, the Artful Escape, which has been out on Xbox and Game Pass, is dropping January 25th to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Switch. If you have not tried out the Artful Escape, please go try the Artful Escape. It is not a complex game at all but it is some a game that is so well designed so creative so off the charts cool that a lot of people thought it should have gotten even game of the game of the year considerations right um i don't know if i go that far but look this game is damn fun the artwork is absolutely stunning uh mm-hmm. the color palette that they use just the overall feel of the game is a big wow factor when you're playing through it. So please, right. if you have not had an opportunity to go try that out, go do so. Drop it on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch uh, this week on the 25th. It is well worth your playthrough, uh, for sure. It's a short game. Nice. Um, so just awesome. Circuit Superstars, which has also been out on Xbox as well, is coming to PlayStation 4 on January 27th. Circuit Superstars is a little uh, top-down racer uh, title. It is sim hey. very simmy guess who pubbed uh, it who pubbed it square enix <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, uh, they're doing so they're doing so well in 2022 <laughs> uh anyways uh the circuit superstars is a very good mm. game uh, if you're looking for that old rc pro-am but mm. more sim like it is okay hard let me tell you you gotta get good you gotta practice uh but it is fun fun game you just gotta put the work in uh i have not had a chance to put the work in uh but uh you know it is yeah i mean it is it's 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 your forza motorsport from a top-down view in a lot of ways i mean i wouldn't go as far as the rc car <laughs> yeah forza rc car which i've been calling for by the way because microsoft owns the rc pro-am ip and I would love to see them make an RC Pro-Am with real cars since they get the licensing for all those real cars. It would be cool. Hey, you know, yeah. never mind. Cause I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think Activision owns them. So we'll get in that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll get in that later. Uh, so, but Circus Superstars, definitely check it out. Uh, Damon uh, X Machina is coming out for the PC on January 27th. Um, and then... Course, I might check that that's out. Been out that's been on Switch. That's been on Switch. I check while, that yeah. out, man. It's coming to PC. It's a. I'm, I'm a Mech dude. I, I'm going to check that dude. out. I'm going to check You're that a out. Mech. You're a Mech dude, for Go sure. Ahead. And then we've got Steel's Baby. <laughs> you're, you're taking it far. <laughs> nah, nah. This is his most beloved uh, franchise in the history far. of Steel. Oh, God. Here we go. Okay. This, this, this man lives and breathes. <laughs> Pokemon. Here right? we go. So this man's got the the he's got the bed sheets. He's got the Pokemon I did pillows. Back in the day, actually. I did see, back. I do it. <laughs> back he's got the, the Pokemon <laughs> pillows. He cuddles with them instead of his wife at night. That's just how much this man loves Pokemon, right? He tried to oh name my God. kids Poke after Pokemon characters. Look, th- th- yeah. this man lives and breathes Pokemon. So Steel is excited for January 28th because on the Switch, he's gonna be able to fire up his Switch finally. Play True. Pokemon Legends. Help me with the name. Steve Arceus. 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 Okay. Arceus. Pokemon's mm-hmm. Legends Arceus is dropping on the Switch January 28th. They call Pokemon a role-playing game. Whatever. It's Pokemon. It's coming out. Talk about it, Steel, because I know you want to. 
Look, you guys want to know? You guys want to kind of? I'll give you some backstory on this. Give us some um, backstory. So, back in the day, um, the last Pokemon that I've had a chance to play was on the Game Boy SP, and that was Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, if I'm not mistaken. Um, back when Gro- Groudon and Kyorga was the legendary Pokemon, I can't remember, but um, that was the last time that I played, and that Speaking was speaking foreign languages. Yeah, hundred percent. And I told myself at that point that I was kind of done with Pokemon. Um, I was coming off the heels of playing games like Pokemon Stadium um, and other titles that were kind of similar to that from like I'm from Nintendo 64 and things like that. So I already had this like this feeling for Pokemon that was a little bit different than and many others may be t- today. Uh, I know Pokemon Go is a big thing for people and whatever else, but this is, uh, I always told myself back in the day, hey, well, I'm kind of done with Pokemon unless they do something different. So I saw Pokemon Arce- uh, Arceus originally, and I was like, ah, it, it looks interesting, but I don't know if it's enough for to get me invested. So a couple weeks ago, I don't want to say about a, a couple months ago, actually. Nah, it was more so a month ago. Uh, my brother my brother hits me up because I guess he finally realizes that it came out, even though I told him that, <laughs> that, that, that hey, did you see this game? It looks like it would be right up your alley. Um. Real quick, Miss Joanna Dark says, "Steel is Pokemon Diamond worth it?" I I don't know, man. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I think Diamond and Pearl came out after Ruby and Sapphire, so I wouldn't necessarily know. Um, I, I can only go to like Gold and Silver where Lugia and Ho Ho were like the main people, and then even before Stop that. Lying. So, uh, nah. he doesn't want to tell you how many thousands of hours he's put into all of them. No, nope. no, negative. Uh, my, now, my brother, that's a different story. He, he makes sure that he can buy every single version that comes out. I even told anyway. You do a phone a friend segment and call him right now. I, I should. Have he, break it he, down. He, he would freaking <laughs> freak out about, he would be freaking out about talking about this. And you guys wouldn't even know it wasn't Steel because him and his brother sound exactly we the sound same. similar. We don't sound alike. People also think I sound like all day. Shout out to all day. Much love, man. That, for a fact, <laughs> is a long lost twin brother of yours that you knew, hey, he might didn't be. know that you had. He, he That's might, for he sure. Might all be day for sure. and you are definitely <laughs> the same. Uh, but no. Um, but I again, I told myself that I wouldn't jump it back into Pokemon unless they did something different. But um, jump back into it. My brother called, hit me up about a month ago, a couple months ago, and was like, "Hey, man, you gonna get uh, you gonna get Arceus?" I was like, "I don't know. I'm not really thinking about it. I don't really have another Switch. I'm not trying to take the playtime from my daughters um, off their Switch to kind of take over for whatever the case." And so I did a little bit of research, and um, I found I was looking at some Switch lights and things like that. I found one in an immaculate condition for about. Uh, a little, a little over a hundred bucks. Um, well, I was like, ah, I don't know, you know what I'm saying. I guess I'll hold off on it. And lo and behold, this man goes and buys me that same exact switch light that I was looking at. So I was like, okay. So I, I know exactly, I know exactly where this is gonna go. So needless to say, that ends up with me not only buying some additional attachments, so now I got a 128 gig S- uh, SD card in there, uh, which I'm never probably gonna use that space. I was gonna say, what are you gonna put on that? I'm never gonna use that space, <laughs> but I got it for cheap. It was like 20 bucks, you know how SD cards okay. go. Yeah. I didn't, it's not like I bet, spent top of the line money for uh, a 64 gig SD card at eight for $80. I was seeing that, cause I was seeing how like, how much are those, like the, the fast SD cards are now, and right. they're, they're freaking ridiculous, dude. Like, God, I don't, anyway, but, that ends up with me going to GameStop, trading in my 1S, 
uh, because I, it had, I had it sitting for a while and it was kind of sitting under my TV stand. I was like, ah, right, let me go ahead and take, take this to GameStop so I can see what they'll give me for it. Ended up, they I got some, I got some good trade in the credit shot to GameStop. I think this whole play with Microsoft and GameStop has really worked to their favor. Um, or maybe not, because I think they got their stock room like in the back that's full of return consoles that people aren't using anymore. And I don't think are ever going to sell for the price that they're selling them at. Because uh, I think a, like an Xbox One S is selling for like a little over 200 still. Maybe or maybe a little under one uh, 200. And then I know a One X, they're selling still for like 220, 240. And then uh, I guess it's just crazy, especially when you get a Series S for like $300. But Needless to say, I ended up going to GameStop and ordering three copies of Pokemon Arcus. Hard copies. Um, because I, that is something that I have always believed in, for at least for Nintendo, that now there has been games that I've bought digitally, but you buy their games, you buy the hard copies because Nintendo is the one brand that three years later, you could get full price for that game still. Um, or around that area, like it, three years later, I can still get fifty dollars for for my game. But so I got a copy for myself, my daughter, my oldest daughter, and my brother. So that's what we're going to be doing coming coming when it comes up on this Friday, and I think it's going to be an interesting time. I mean, again, um, every, I've seen people say, and this is kind of getting dead in the water too. Oh, it's the breath of the it's Pokemon's Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, and like there's no other game that has ever come out that has been open world, but it's an open world Pokemon, man. So, and, and I, I do like the angle that they're taking it from of the open world battles, the Pokemon being aggressive. Um, again, I saw the, I saw one of the comments, uh, somebody made it here. says it's the dark souls of Pokemon. It kind of is because you lose, you, you lose your progression. Uh, you lose items <laughs> you'll, and, and you'll pass out. They don't say you, they don't say you die, you, but you pass out and then you spawn I- back in town. Okay. So it's definitely a different perspective than what we experienced before. Of course, when you die to Pokemon, it's like taking that 2D platform, that eight, that whatever bit it was back in the day, and then really bringing it to that into a 3D space to where it just feels different. And I know they've kind of done that with the last few games. I think they started with like the 3DS, but it was still more like, hey, here's this town, here's this town, here's this town. It was still streamlined, whereas this one is extremely open. It's more like a, because there's another game, it's like Monster Hunter. Those That's the biggest example that I could use because when, when you go into a monster hunter it feels open it feels like an open world like you can, you can go anywhere you can do anything you can chase down monsters whatever the case might be you could cut through the jungle uh, swing through trees and stuff like that so it's going to have those types of things you can ride animals fly glide uh, use an animal for like a glider kind of things so it looks really interesting man so I don't know we'll see uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get gameplay for it. Uh, I will have to take use uh, use the other Switch for that because the Switch Lite doesn't have those capabilities. Uh, again, we'll see. Maybe this will get me to get pulled in. Uh, again, Nintendo does have some titles coming out this year that do interest me. Uh, again, Kirby is another one of those that are coming out this year that it does interest me. Again, coming from that era of Mario 64. Um, I, I have always been, and, and Super Smash Brothers, I have always been a Kirby fan on that aspect. No, and I, I did like the show from back in the day too. Um, Meta Knight is my favorite character from out of the Kirby world. Um, of course he is, but he's like the Batman of Kirby, of the Kirby world, uh, which is which is funny to me. But 
yeah man um i'm, I'm interested uh, we'll see how it goes maybe this is that opportunity again nintendo being nintendo resting on their ip it happens it works see my eyes, see my eyes glaze over <laughs> you see that um Pong's like oh god the more steel talks go. the more i realize that i'm doing a show with a nintendo super fan and yeah, um, yeah exactly really really it's that's, strange that's really it is. it's really strange to me he he's like an underground nintendo super fan like but underground it, very underground yeah, you've been hiding this whole time still look respect the hustle uh, i'm glad they're doing something different with pokemon um you know that's cool uh again respect the hustle respect nintendo for their place in the history of video games we might not be sitting here today uh and talking about this stuff if it wasn't for nintendo at least in the same form that it is in right now so i respect nintendo completely it's just man kirby kirby steel kirby's kirby's pretty dope man kirby can kirby can eat people to take their abilities man it's a pink blob with a mouth he can like he can eat people and take their abilities, man. He can eat Ryu and do a Shoryuken, man. Like he can do, look, man. That's gotta be that's dope, man. Like you can't. That is so dope to me. He can eat Link Brother. and have all the abilities of Link. It's dope. Like I don't know. Maybe this is me. Okay. All right. Before that's I piss off all Nintendo fans, I'm just we're gonna move on from this. Uh, look. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm happy for funny. you, Steel. Though I'm happy you're gonna be able to fire up that switch. It's uh, it's a it's know, a my brother. Your, so yeah, I blame yeah, it on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Much love to your brother for getting you one. Um, it's awesome. So uh, we'll be talking about it more, I'm sure, as you play <laughs> through it. Uh, look, and then final game of the week is another big one uh, for all the PlayStation um, PS5 owners out there for PC? sure and PC. And See, PC, and this yeah. is the question that we had before because we thought it was only coming to PlayStation 5. And uh, I remember asking you, um, yeah. is it coming to PC? And we weren't sure at the time. Yeah. So Uncharted, Legacy of Thieves Collection. Uh, this is a big one. This is a big one, folks. Uh, Uncharted uh, is very, very, very good. Uh, I enjoyed my time um, with the Uncharted series. Uh, back in PlayStation three days, um, you know, and uh, I started playing the remaster. It, it, it's very, it, it's so well done. It is Indiana Jones. Um, it is Tomb Raider. It is all of that. Some of the best writing uh, you will find in video games uh, is in Uncharted. I absolutely love the characters. Uh, this is, this is fantastic. So they're doing obviously the whole collection, PlayStation five PC, uh, January 28th. What more is to say about it? I mean, this game has been around. This game has solidified itself and cemented itself uh, in the industry. And I hope they do more down the road. I hope they uh, do revisit Uncharted and find a new way to bring, you know, something something new. Um, Nathan Drake is a worthy character. All of them, all the characters are worthy of it. Uh, And I just hope that they do find a way forward with the Uncharted series, because I think it's something that should continue, uh, much like the two. So let me let me ask you a serious question then, Paul. Yeah, Yeah. Um, because this is going to be another one of those that I end up getting. And yeah, maybe I'll play it. Maybe I won't. Again, multiplayer games always take over my life more more so before anything else. So do you think any of the Uncharted games are better than any of the Tomb Raider games that have come out within the last 10 years? Yeah, Uncharted 2 is up there for sure. Is it? Yeah, Uncharted 2 for me uh, is peak Uncharted. Um, all of them are excellent, all of them. But Uncharted 2 is worthy of being up there with your best Tomb Raider for sure, for me. Uh, I absolutely think so. And they are unique enough. The story is so good. 
um, that it stands, it stands on its own. Yes. We wouldn't, you know, again, Tomb Raider started that whole kind of Indiana Jones mm-hmm. video games feel right. Uncharted wow. takes it to another level at that time. The new Tomb Raider series um, that Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal right. did exactly. is right there. Neck and neck. neck, and Uncharted, neck? Okay. 2, Uncharted 2 for me, though, is up there at as one of the best all time. I mean, okay. it really, it really is. It's worthy. Okay, because uh, th- that's been, that's been one of my things. It, it's when you get games that are kind of similar to each other. I know it's not the exact same; it's different and everything else, yeah, story they are, they and are, everything. Yeah. Um, but it's another one of those things to where it's like I was going to be kind of curious if they were going to bring the multiplayer with this. Um, of course, they're probably not. But I'm, I might have to. I might have to jump into it. I might have to give it a shot again. Who knows if I'll ever end up jumping it back into it? I've been meaning to jump right back into Horizon Zero Dawn, but. I haven't had the chance to, man. Uh, again, when there's other games, there's a multiplayer game that I'd rather play than or jump into, that I'm always going to end up picking that over any single player game. Uh, I mean, hopefully this revitalizes the franchise. Again, I, I saw the trailer when I went to go see Spider-Man here recently, which is again, an, uh, I got to say right here, another fucking that was a, that was an amazing Spider-Man movie. Um, okay, it was great. It was great. It was a it was a nine out of ten for me. It was definitely nine out of ten. Um, wow. But with uh, with the recent trailer that I've seen for Uncharted, I do like Tom Holland in that role. I like what they're doing. That did pique my interest. I do want to see the movie. Um, but I guess we'll see. Shout out to everybody who's yeah. interested in this. I just, I'm surprised because they didn't say, I don't think they said anything for PC until here recently. So, Right, right. So, no, it's it's great. It's another step. Um, and it's something that they should be doing. They're going to make, they're going to make, they're going to make a decent amount of money off of this one. Oh yeah. Um, over on PC for sure. That, the movie's uh, it, Obviously it depends how it turns out now, you know, it's been ups and downs, uh, you know, but for the most part, they've been solid. Obviously God of war is off the charts right now. It is yeah. selling like crazy over on steam. Yeah. They did a great, great conversion to PC. Or, yeah, um, for you know, they've got the definitive edition on PC. Uh, we can say that. Oh, 100%. So, I, I saw yeah. people go through, throwing that around, too. How <laughs> did the, the PC get the definitive version, but the PS5 Cause, did not? Because, because, come on. Look, I'm a console through and through player. I don't play on PC, but I understand that the PC, with the right hardware, gives you the definitive edition, if it's done right, of any game that they put out there because of how much better the quality can be over on PC, frame rate-wise, Graphics, it doesn't matter. It's the definitive version, right? They did it right. They got it right with one of their best franchises of all time. They did, and and they're it's selling like crazy. It got great reviews. It's selling like crazy. So good for them. That's exactly what they needed to do. I'm happy for them. Um, it's good to see. Yeah, the circus and the clown show can you know go fly a kite again. This is better for gamers, uh, all gamers, and including Sony because the more money they bring in, the better it gets over there. So we've we've talked about that so much. Um, Looking at Xbox Wire this week, um, Taiko no Taiko no Tatsujin, the drum master, so a rhythm game, is coming to Game Pass on January twenty seventh, both console and PC. So this this game has been around for a while. This is uh, it's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've seen it elsewhere on other systems back in the day. Uh, so it's a rhythm game. Uh, so if you're into rhythm games, music games, uh, this is coming to Game Pass this week. That's the only one that they have listed for Game Pass. I'm sure we're probably going to have maybe another announcement, maybe not. Um, I know uh, 
I know that they had put out that they're going to be releasing. They had teased yeah. Game Pass had teased that they're going to be uh, releasing the February schedule uh, shortly here. So they're working on it. So we'll. That's definitely something we're going to be keeping our eye on. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I thought Dying Light definitely could we'll be see. the game this we'll month. See. We will see uh, because it's it's very short right corner, very short uh, time frame here. Also, I want to throw this out there as well because kind of lost. In the chaos of this week, the, right. <laughs> the news drop was that Danganronpa, the first one, the anniversary edition, dropped into Game Pass, shadow dropped. It showed up the night before the acquisition was announced. There was no fanfare. Like, that's why I, Tuesday when I was getting ready for work before uh, I had found out because I had, was off Twitter getting ready for work. I had to be to work early in the morning. Right. I was going to be in the office, and I had not been looking at Twitter, but right when I was letting my car warm up, I was checking Twitter. That's how I found out for the acquisition because I wanted to see if the, I had actually gone onto Twitter to see if they were going to officially announce that Danganronpa was actually on there. Like it was they, if they were going to say something about it uh, and if there was any other games that they were shadow dropping on a game pass. Right. Steel, I talked about this, yes. right? This was a game. This is a series that I, have been calling for to come over. Now we've got the first game, the anniversary edition. Mm-hmm. It's so freaking amazing that it showed up. Like it's so freaking amazing. I'm so happy right now that they, that we have a chance saying. that the Danganronpa series is going to eventually show up over on Xbox. Now that this dropped in the game pass um, again, it's, it's not for everybody. Again, it is a, heavy heavy japanese title right so it's goofy it's crazy it's wacky it's all of that but if you are interested it's a it's a murder mystery kind of game right and so if you are interested in it all download on game pass check it out see if it's for you it might surprise you it's it's goofy uh but it's so much fun i played them on the vita i absolutely love it i'm just happy that it came to game pass and that was kind of all lost in the whole um you know, Activision Blizzard stuff, right? That right. it just got lost. I actually purchased the game to show my support, Steel. Like I said, nice. when I talk about stuff here, I'm being serious about it. So I want to support Spike Chunsoft uh, for bringing that, at least the first one here. And I right. think that obviously that opens it up for the rest to come. Um, so I purchased it uh, to show my support, even though it's on Game Pass. So it's 15 bucks. Um, you know, again, go play it, go try it out. No risk. See. It might grab you, right? Dang. It might grab you. So uh, that I just want to make special mention of that as well. Steel, steel, steel. That's hey, this week in gaming coming up. Where are we going next? Sir? Well, I want to go a couple places here. So right. one place I want to go is actually show you some, show you guys some indie titles that are actually um, hitting the scenes that I think you guys need to just know of. Again, it's going to be short little clips. So I'll play them several times so, so you can got to kind of get an idea of them. Um, me and Paul always go back and forth with different things that we see. One of them being one uh, that we one that we mentioned here before, and that being Morbid Mel. Uh, the reason I bring this up is because, man, I, I keep telling you guys here how much I love combat, uh, like combat focused games. So let me let me start. Let me start with that. Let me let me show you guys more of a metal because he did some he did a recent update on it. And the rig- biggest reason I want to pull some attention here um, and it's uh, Felix Shade on Twitter. Um, 
Felix spelled a little bit differently uh, on the actual Twitter site itself. Um, he spells it at P-H-O-3-L-I-X underscore. But I wanted to show you guys this real quick. Go full screen. So Morbid Metal is an indie game. Indie Let me turn off the music because it's mad loud. But ladies and gentlemen, this game just looks so out there and amazing i cannot wait to hear more from this um he uh the reason i bring this up because he just recently put it on steam uh, so it could be wishlist so definitely make sure you do that this guy obviously i don't know if he has a team behind him or if it's just him i feel like it's just him if this is just him doing this this is the stuff that we're talking about as far as indie devs being the fresh air or the breath of fresh air that we need within the industry get this man a deal I don't, I don't care if it's PlayStation, Xbox, whoever. Get this man a deal because, my goodness, this this game needs to be in some type of service or some platform. and needs some more money behind it so we can make sure that this game, this title comes out amazing. Again, Morbid Metal. Check it out on Steam if you're interested. It's a combat, heavy focus game. If you can see the combos, this just gives you a taste of what he's jumping into. It gets me excited as a combat focus gamer. Like, you want a single player game to pull me in? It's things like this that do it. Biggest, yeah. Another big example, back in the day, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Oh my God, that's the best Metal Gear game to me, personally. Um, I never got into any of the other Metal Gear games except that, Rising Revengeance, and um, Phantom Pain. And I think those two were the best Metal Gear games, in my opinion. Again, they could re remaster the first one and bring that back out, and I think they should. It's been so far removed, and it was also a different time then, too. So to put it in there, they gave that Phantom Pain kind of feel, put in that same engine, and just gave you that same story. I think there's a lot of more depth that could be felt into that. And then one more that um, I brought to Pong's attention was this game called Void Soul Awakening. Uh, apparently, it's a roguelike game, let me turn the volume off because it has to blow everybody's eardrums. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen, um, before I start it. But it's a roguelike game. And it looks freaking fantastic, too. It has the combat in there. has the enemies going crazy. It gives you those that roguelike feel. I feel like it's like Hades if, it, if you gave you that third-person feel. That's kind of how it looks to me. I, I know I got Pong excited when I showed it to him. He was like, dude, what the fuck is this? I was like, yeah, man. I, and I just, these are games that I just happen to see um, when I'm scrolling through Twitter and things like that. And again, I do want to show everyone these types of things when they come up, just because again, gaming is art and should be treated as such. And when indie devs have that, now I'm not gonna say the potential, but when they have that space to kind of do things that other people haven't done, indies are pushing are the ones that's really pushing this industry forward and if we can support titles like this we can get better representation like this we can get these people supported i think it's only going to help us grow within the gaming industry so that's why i wanted to bring some attention to it um do you want have anything to say on either one of these titles that i brought up Paul? no man because we we do this um we'd like to do it more frequently it's just uh kind of finding some new stuff but again if you have been around uh, we we have done this in the past, and in, in the indie scene is the future of gaming, right? So for all this talk about how consolidation is going to kill off the industry, uh, what are we going to do? It's going to kill creativity. It's going to do all this crazy nonsense that people talk about. 
indies are right there to fill in all the holes. And there's more and more indies showing up because of Steel and I have talked about here. Right. You've heard it on other shows as well with how accessible the technology is becoming to create games. We are going to see bigger and better games continue to come from the indie scene. And they now with like Unreal 5, Unity, all these uh, great engines out there that are just available. Anybody can create a game. Anybody can sit down and start learning how to create a game. We're going to see these games look more and more like AAA titles as this generation goes on. The indie scene will fill any hole. There's always going to be new developers coming through the back door, right? Pause. They're going to come through the back door and they're going to take over the spots that are left behind from the consolidation. They're going to create their own games. Some of them are going to form their own studios. There's so many investors looking into getting into the gaming industry. Look, that's why Steele and I highlight this stuff because these smaller devs are doing some incredible work, taking risks that the big companies won't do. And some of these games are going to turn out to be hits. Some of these games are going to pop up out of nowhere and grab people by surprise and they're going to become the next big developers that we start talking about. Exactly. Right? So, so we always like to see that stuff. Uh, just amazing uh, work. I mean, again, they just look so impressive. It's unbelievable to say that those are coming from single devs. Exactly. Right? Single one man teams, exactly. right? One, one person armies are out here developing stuff that you would swear was coming from a big studio. It, it's really cool to see. And we love to push that. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, from there, um, as kind of Lance is kind of hinted at in the chat. Um, let me shout out some people in the chat because you love the people show up on a week to week basis, and I want to reciprocate that love and show you that hey, man, you're more than welcome here. Again, Living Split Screen is a non console centric platform. We talk about everything that's going on in the gaming industry because again, me and Palm both have that passion for it. We have that love. We got that dedication. Um. I mean, again, we just hit, we try to hit everything from a different angle. Um, and I think we're going to do the same thing with this whole Activision Blizzard deal. Um, when we get into that, we'll also come from that at a different angle. Um, cause that's another amazing thing about us having a show on Saturday. We can kind of take the different opinions that have been put out there and address some of those things and also tell some people to get some help, which I know uh, I'm definitely going to pass off the palm so I can bounce off of that because he has some amazing things to talk about as far as that goes. But Dragonheart Yobi, the young god himself. What's going on, Yobi? Much love to you, my brother. Uh, Geezer Prime, Boba Fett Gaming. Shout out. Hey, the book of Boba Fett is actually pretty decent. I like it. I, I don't know. A lot of people kind of up and down about it. Again, Star Wars content. I, th- I think it's good. I think it's all, I think it's pretty good. Uh, my Suko, what's going on? K Mega, you already know what's going on, my guy. Retro Nerd, Eternal Umbra, what's going on? Nam Omar, Giza Prime, I feel like I shouted you out already. Back from the Dead, Kalantis, The General C, Retro Nerd. Who else? It's Timmy, what's going on? Noof Nukem's in the house, Boom Boom Kaboom himself. Sour Blow Gaming, what's going on? Mr. Joanna Dark, he was in here nice and early. Shout out to you, Mr. Dark, man. You're an amazing gentleman. You also always also put good t- content out there. Another amazing gentleman. Definitely go check him out. Uh, who else we got in here? Uh, AKW, what's going on? 
let's see. What's going on up here? Dip down games and anime. What's going on? He said this is his second time coming through. And he loved it last week and he's hoping to love it this week. Shout out to you, man. Glad you love the content and what we're doing here. Rescue Squad Cope. What's going on, man? Definitely great to see you here. Uh, let's see who else. I, I know I did see 108 Dragons TV. Shout out to also another brother from another. He is an amazing gentleman. You want some guy, you want a guy that gives you that energy, gives it to you live, raw, and uncut. He is one of those for sure. Uh, also, a, a legend in the streets, one of the top 100 legends in New York. So, shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, uh, go check that NBA out. Street legend. Shout, shout out to him. Love. Uh, Vic the Click, what's going on? Leonardo, Muppet1169, Beast Mode 10. Who else we got here? Smitty Smith. Again, I think when we get to a thousand subs, he's going to start preaching y'all from that book of Acts. Y'all better watch (laughs) out for it. Uh, who else we got in here? Um, I believe I shouted out Sour Blow. Shout out to you again, man. Uh, Matt Barnes, what's going on? You know, I always love when I see you here, man. Uh, who else we got in here? Perrin Pluck, saw you earlier. Shout out to you, man. Much love. Sly Crow dropping in. Sly got Crow. Jacob Novick shout dropping him, in. Shout him. Shout him. Shout out. Shout out. Mr. Boomstick again himself was here earlier. Definitely check him out. Again, we're, just, we're trying to get him that Maximus title, man. Uh, Black Card, what's going on? Or Black Card A, depending on how you want to say that. Shout out to you. And shout out to anybody else, uh, you lovely people in here. OCD Gamer. He says, hit the like, everyone. Exactly. <laughs> if you like the content, you like what me and Prong do here, definitely let, let hit that like button so more people can know. Uh, share us out. Tell your mama about it. Hey, even if tell Venom about it, um, like they dropped him off in this recent Spider-Man movie, he, he, might, he might come out and find us out, and I might get the symbiote suit. But with that being said, Let's definitely get into some of this extraction uh, talk, man, uh, just to kind of lead into it. And then we'll kind of go from there. So Rainbow Six Extraction dropped and it dropped in the Game Pass. And actually, you can also get it on PC Game Pass. Uh, come to find out. Um, you do have to do a little bit of work around. Uh, so essentially, for those who may not know, because I have seen people kind of bring this up and say, oh, how do I get it on PC? What you have to do, uh, you have to download the, uh, the Ubisoft fucking ubisoft connect and then you have to connect your xbox account to ubisoft connect once you do that um it'll bring you back to the app and then you'll be able to download rainbow six extraction so i started off playing it on the series s um that's oh another great thing i got my series x Congratulations, brother! So shout, <laughs> shout, shout out to that. Um, I was hey, it was one of those moments to where um, I saw it get put up on Twitter, and this is actually a first time to where when I went in, I put it in the car, and I get, well, had no problems, and I was able to get it first try. So um, that's another amazing thing. Again, like I told, like I told <laughs> Paul in the, in the chat, it's a tower god, man. Look, P- PC gamers wish to put all their hardware in a box this size to condense it down into something like this, and to have it be as aerodynamic, everything uh, for as far as airflow and everything goes. It's such an amazing piece of all hardware, man. Uh, again, I haven't had much game time on it here recently. My wife's been taking advantage of it. And even she is noticing some differences coming from the Series S to the yeah. Series X. Um, she was like, damn, the game feels faster. I'm like, really? The game feels faster? She was like, yeah, <laughs> it feels it feels different. Not only that, but she's also able to play in a 4K now. So, and that's, that's one of the main differences. So, um, shout out to that. Again, I will get a PS5 at some point, but 
PlayStation has to give me a reason to invest. If they come out and give me some Gun to Breaker 4 news, like I've been hearing <laughs> in these streets, oh, that's a reason for me to invest. I'll tell you what. Uh, there's and Hey, I'm just saying. Spider-Man 2 is another one of those also. But again, single-player games are more like my side dishes. So it's, it's just one of those things that I need more. Give, give, me, give me something else, and then I'll invest in that point. But as of this moment, yeah, I appreciate the congratulations and everything on that. Jacob Novick, I appreciate that. Um, shout out to everybody else showing me love on that. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's an amazing piece of hardware. Again, when you got a PC, again, I'm a gamer, man. I got every, I got every single device that you could think of other than the Sony device, um, and we'll work on that. Again, give me a reason, I'll invest. When I got so much time, you know what I'm saying? But get back into this Rainbow Six. Uh, she is playing, she was playing. No, actually, Sly Crow, to answer your question, she's not playing at 120. Uh, my TV does not have 120 capability um, because I don't care about that type of thing. My, my, I'm fine with my TV running at 60. Uh, you, have your, you have your PC for that. I, I have my PC frame. for that. I have, my yeah. P, I have exactly have my PC for that. And my wife does not care about any of that. My kids don't care about any of that. I would just argue with my daughter the other day because she was playing Rec Room and she wouldn't take, she skipped over the part where you make the screen take up the full uh depth of the tv like what? you know because you know in some games yeah. it says hey align your yeah. uh adjust, uh, adjust, adjust your, your borders screen. yeah yep. she skipped over it i was like why did you skip over why don't you fill it out she was like oh I don't, it's fine i don't care about that it's like it's like <laughs> what i was like no back out so we can change it like <laughs> come on <laughs> but that just uh, that shows you bro i'm telling you yeah. it's people play how they want to play there's a bigger picture man yeah um play but anyway want to play yep. back on topic bring it back in the rainbow six uh rainbow <laughs> six siege extraction um because yep. that's, that's essentially what it is um again is a rainbow six extraction anything different from siege not necessarily. If you want to look at it from gameplay wise, um, if you want to look at it mechanics wise, if you want to look at it um, from how the game overall looks, not really. It's not really different from Siege. But no. they, it shouldn't be. It's, it is completely different. Yes, do you have all the same operators and everything else? Yes, do the graphics kind of have some similarities and everything? Yes. And does this game have some issues? Yes. For an example, when somebody goes down, I shouldn't have to pick you up three, four times for you to actually get up off the floor. That's for that to be a bug, especially in the heat of the moment. It's not a, it's not a good feeling. It's kind of one of those like, come on, man, are you serious? Because it could be, it could be a make or break have you, situation. Have you run into that a lot? Yes, that's happened frequently. Okay, because I haven't had that yet. Now so picking myself up off the floor, it's never yeah. been a problem. But no, whether it's no. on series console or PC, it is a consistent problem. Now, does okay, it happen okay. every match? No, but not, it's about 85% of the time, especially hmm. when I've been grouped up with randoms, we wow. get into the situations, especially in the second or third level where somebody yeah. goes down and I have to pick them up three to four times for them to actually get up. It right. very seldomly works how it's supposed to. And that can be an issue, especially because right. that game does not play about giving you that pressure feel. So um, so a little bit about that. Again, okay. Extraction was a game that I never had interested. Uh, I, li I like Siege for what it was, uh, but it's just not, oh, it's not Rainbow Six to me. Not like how it used to be. Um, I came in playing Rainbow Six very early on. Uh, a lot of y'all might remember when Rainbow Six came out back in the day in the early 2000s, um, really late 90s, early 2000s. Um, 
and that's kind of what I remember Rainbow Six being. So Siege isn't necessarily that for me, unfortunately. Um, so I didn't have an interest in this. Now, with it being on Game Pass, it definitely gave me the because Pong said, "Hey, you know, we're gonna give it a try. You know, come on, come on through, and <laughs> let's see what's up." And that's exactly what I did. So I downloaded it. We and we played it that night. And I and I have to tell you guys, man. Hey, Nix. Oh, Nix. Nix. Hey. Well, speaking of MIA, MIA operators, Nix, where have you been? Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. We yeah, have, hold on. We hold got on. something. We got something. We got to address Nix real quick. Nix, what's going on, man? Where you been at? We got, we got, we got something for you, man. We got something that happened pre-holiday. Yeah, man. <laughs> we tried to get you a Christmas gift, and we haven't heard from you since. <laughs> they had the man need, Cunningham. Nicks, What's good? Nicks, 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 Nicks. Listen, I know you you jump in a lot of chats and then yeah. you jump out and you're not you're not listen 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 Nicks. Got to hit me and steal up. Do you have a Twitter account or an email? Whatever you or whatever an email. you got. Whatever you got. We've got a gift for you. Yes. You won something pre-holiday. Yes. So we have been holding it. We have entire been. time. I've tried to hit you up in chats that I've seen you in. And you haven't seen me for some reason and you disappear. So please hit us up with your email or your Twitter, whatever the case may be. DM us because we got something for us. Yes. Type, type in the chat. In the ch- if if not, um, and Nick, yeah. if you don't mind, man, if you're able to hear this, um, definitely try to get it to us if we can. If not, man, I, I will have to be honest with you at this point since it has been a minute. Um, if you aren't able to get it, this weekend at some point we'll probably re-roll it back into um some to, to give it to somebody else within the chat man um because we do want to give that to you but we have been holding it off um because we wanted to make sure to give that to you um as soon as yeah. possible and that was uh, i believe 75 dollars gift cards yeah for yeah. uh for xbox yes definitely check that out so please please hit us up uh and shout out to the one the only the amazing boxing burger Archimedes showing up in the chat. This guy just started his own weekly show yesterday. Yes. It was his first episode. Go Burger. check out Boxing Burger's channel, please. Uh, he does a fantastic videos, and now he's podcasting. He's on camera. Nice. Man, dude is amazing. Love my brother, Boxing Burger. So well, please go check him out. Well, look, next. Um, I definitely understand, um, and m- many many condolences and many prayers to you. Hopefully, yeah. everything is on the up and up. Um, it's always bad to hear when you're going through things with COVID and whatnot. Um, it's a, it's been a terrible thing. Yeah, but look, so man, many. if you can, type an email in chat. Give us some way to contact you. Um, you, you do have okay. a Twitter account. We Great. tried to find Great. you on Twitter, not trying to find, find you. <laughs> so please hit us up in hit the us DM. Up, please if please. we're following you and it's not like nicks like i don't know i exactly searched, i found one please please uh hit Let us me know. and steel or both one of us both of us it doesn't matter hit us up in the dms yes please sweet difference what's going on my guy hey he's probably gonna ask steel how do you feel hey split i feel great um <laughs> but let's get back into it and uh, we've been getting sidetracked off this track. We, let's we go have, we have been but again this, this is the wonderful thing about podcasting and everything again you guys matter and i want you guys to understand that no matter what that's never going to be lost on us uh you guys 100 percent matter we love you guys shout out to six layer also another moderator in here um Greatly appreciate everything that you guys bring in here. But anyway, get back on it. Uh, I didn't have any interest in Extraction, and we tried it out the other night uh, when it released, and let me tell you what. Extraction is is a solid, 
co-op experience and it's probably the best co-op one of the best co-op experiences that we have gotten within the last few years if to be completely honest with you um the amount of pressure that it make that it makes you feel the let me go into a rant first i'm gonna go into a rant i'm gonna start off with a rant because people have been complaining about this game i saw it was just key too uh but people have been complaining about this game and i feel like the people the reason why you're complaining is because you want to rush through the game because you want to be able to play it by yourself and defeat all the monsters and everything else, even though I've seen plenty of people play it and by themselves and still have a good time. I've been playing with randoms after the first day and I've been having a good time. But I'm convinced that y'all don't like the game because you're not good at the game. And I hate when gamers say a game isn't good when they're not good at the game. That is absolutely terrible. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. This game is not trash. Anybody telling you that the game is trash is sick in the head. Now, we all have an opinion, and I respect that, and I feel you. <laughs> After you just got done saying they're sick in the head. <laughs> Absolutely. I love, it. I love it. But I have to let you know, only to the people that say that the game is trash, because that's not a way to describe anything. No, and I, I, and I, know, I, I know what seen, you're saying. I've Others seen that sentiment. That. I've seen that sentiment over and over and over again. Oh, the game's just trash. No breadth of or depth of explaining what did you didn't like about it. Right, so, right. Like, I don't get that. Now, if it's some of the mechanics in there, or it's the weird glitches, like again, I've had my weird issues with it. Um, I haven't had any frame rate frame rate issues, whether it's PC or on console. Um, the overall gameplay of the game has been tight, has been on point. Some of the people said, oh, the aiming feels off. It feels off at first, but maybe it's because, yes, is it, is it not as tight as Rainbow Six Siege? No, it's not as tight, but at the same time, as you get other weapons, as you get familiar with the game, as you dial in your sensitivity and get used to it, it feels fine. It doesn't feel like hired gun Necromunda that felt com that felt completely off. Didn't feel like that. The game feels good, especially when you put some time into it. At this point, the gameplay that you're seeing here, um, I was a, we were under 10% of getting any completion within New York. I'm now at 100%. I've completed all the challenges that you have to do because that's how you can 100% the, the individual maps. You do you have yep. to do the challenges that they give you and they, and they take you and after you complete those challenges, it gives you another list of challenges and then so on and so forth. I think there's like 10 different challenges that you have to do to fully 100% it. And then uh, another other thing too is that people have been saying, oh, it's repetitive. Yes, because they do not allow other game types or modes for you until you have leveled up enough. Because there are other game modes, but they're locked off to level caps, which I kind of actually like. Why? Because you get in, you get to understand how to play the game before you just go throw it off into some horde mode and then annoy people because you don't know what the hell you're doing. And it also helps people who do enjoy themselves with the game or have leveled up. It gives it, it, it kind of shows that, oh, you spent some time with the game. You know what you're doing right when you're a certain level. Like right now, I think I'm like level 11 or something like that uh, overall for across the board and i think my highest rated uh, my highest level character is like six or something like that 
but I think uh, you I think you got to get to like 15, 14 or 15 to unlock some of those other game modes to have some difference, some differences or whatever the case might be. And yes, does the game feel redundant in some situations? Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't. Left for Dead was redundant. Nobody complained about that. People loved it. Oh, it feels great. Back for Blood is redundant and people complained about it. It's all about how you do it, right? It's all about how you present it, right? It's all about how the gameplay actually feels, right? And I think that's one of the main things they didn't nail here. Because when you go to do these different objectives and these monsters start coming in droves, and again, early on, you're playing on easier difficulties. Again, the game's trying to get you used to it. And even then, if you mess around and start running around and doing dumb shit, shooting without a suppressor it, and just not paying attention, you're going to be, you're going to have a bad time. This game is hundred percent rainbow six siege crouch, walk around, pay attention to your environment. Uh, look, look at through, look through walls because the game gives you so many different things that work to your advantage. You have a flashlight on your gun. It's a UV light that looks through walls. No, no, not all walls, not hollow all. walls. So your wooden walls and things to that. But even then, this gives me the feeling that I've that I kind of wanted when we played Alien versus uh when we played the Alien game. This is kind of this is the same feeling that I wanted to get, the paranoia feeling. That oh, uh, let me let me look around this corner real quick. Oh, hey, walk through this door real quick and I'll cover you. Let me I'll look this other way to make sure there's nobody going to sneak up on you. Hey, uh before we go on here, let's really think about, hey, let me let me hit my ability um, so I can scan the area or hey throw out, throw out that drone so you can kind of see what the objective is so we know where to go because there are objectives that are timed that you need to know where all like there's one that you have to know where three computers are so you can hack them if you don't know where the three computers are you have 30 yep. seconds to activate all three computers and if you don't get it you fail and at that point, you, and there's one objective that you missed off rip, Limit, then limiting your XP. The game feels solid, man. Like overall, I've been having an amazing, I've been having a pretty good time with it. Um, I know some some other complaints have been uh, the gameplay, the gunplay doesn't feel tight. Yeah, what are you doing? Spraying and praying? Every time that I get into a map, I'm autom- single fire, single fire mode. And what's great, is that some of the guns, even in automatic, if you got a good trigger finger, that one it, little little pull, boom, you can get those taps in. And then when you get into more extreme situations, you can get the full trigger pull in and let and let it go. But when I tell you, if you play, if you're playing the game right, the gunplay feels nice. I'm talking real nice, um, especially when it's taking everything into consideration. Now it might be different when you go into higher difficulties, but when you're getting headshots and it kills the enemies, it's a good fucking feeling. Like, it's an amazing feeling. And it kind of gives me those same feels that Siege used to give me back in the day when I was playing it. Except this is more like, I was explaining to somebody else, this kind of gives me the feel, and it might have been y'all, but this kind of gives me the OG Call of Duty Black Ops zombies feel. Mm-hmm. That giving giving you that pressure, giving you that fun, giving you that... Um, anticipation and everything else uh, while still completing objectives, staying together, teamwork. You want a game that's based off of teamwork, this is it. And you can have an amazing time with it. Again, if you were doubting it, give it a shot. 
again, I had no interest in this game. Zero. I said it here and I told Pong in the background, ah, I don't, I'm not really caring to play Extraction, man. I'm not, it's whatever. And then I played it. I was, I've been on 10. I'm mad because I lost an hour of gameplay because that's another one of the issues to where on PC, for whatever reason, no matter how I record the gameplay, for somehow, somehow it ends up broken. So I lost an hour of my gameplay footage because I kind of wanted to show y'all the difference between playing on a series console and then kind of uh, coming to PC. And then also I had a little bit more experience and I felt like I was really getting it in because I was running with randoms. Um, of course, when, when I play with randoms and whatnot, I'm usually listening to podcasts or whatever else the case. Um, and I had randoms saying, yo, this dude is still, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm just, and I'm, I'm playing the game how it's meant to be played tactically. Right. Um, you know, I'm I'm marking, I'm I'm saying, hey, you know, trying to make sure that we're staying together, keeping everybody alive, using the operators the way that they're supposed to be used, because that's the other thing that makes this unique. All the operators' abilities have a point. There's a reasoning for it. And that's and I feel like that's an amazing thing. I would say at least look again, try it out, give it a shot. If it's not for you, it's not for you. I know a lot of people say they're not having a good time playing it single player. I understand that. I have seen other people say they've been having a good time playing it single player. Like I have playing with randoms and everything else because, you know, if y'all ain't online, again, I'm always online. So y'all can always hit me up. But I don't I don't mind. I game the game. So if I'm interested in the game, then I'm going to play it. But with that being said, yeah. Pong. Yeah. How do you feel about Rainbow Six Extraction? Um, he said, oh, man, uh, Wandering Dutch said, man, I wish I was good at keyboard and mouse. Hey, Wandering <laughs> Dutch, I don't use keyboard and mouse. I use I use controller across the board, no matter what. Um, Slack Rose said, thanks for giving a fair shot, Steel. Hey, man, that's what I do. I'm a gamer, man. Again, that's what we're supposed to do. Anyway, but Pong, pass it off to you. Because you did have some interest in Rainbow Six Extraction. Um, oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I at least wanted to give it a try for real. Um, was an advocate yeah. for it. Again, you were the main reason why I jumped into it. Um, yeah. Let me answer Umbra's question real quick. Uh, which operator do you like the most still? I'm going to say Lion. Lion is probably my favorite operator because he has the ability to scan through walls within his vicinity, and it moves with him. I think that is so amazing to me, especially with that MP5 on single fire. Woo, I'll be, be fucking people. I'll be fucking them aliens up. But, Pong, how do you feel about yeah. Rainbow Six Extraction? Is it well warranted? Is it worth the $40 price tag um, if you had to pay for it? What do you think, man? Yeah, so, like Steele said, like I had, I had interest in it from the beginning. I wasn't interested in paying $60 for it, right? Uh, when they dropped the price to $40, I was like... Again, budget gamer, I can't buy everything. So I was like, am I going to fit that in the budget? I'm like, probably not. I'm going to wait on it. And then it, then they came out and announced it in Game Pass. And right from for, right from the get-go, as soon as they announced it in Game Pass, um, you know, we talked about Steel. It's a W for everybody involved. Right. And this is the reason why right here, what you just said, great breakdown, Steel. But the reason why it's a W for everybody, because, again, no risk. You jump into this game and see – if it's for you or not. And again, the hype levels just weren't there for Ubisoft. Right. This game is obviously, as all Ubisoft games are, there's microtransactions. Yes. It's, it's a, it's, it, you know, but it's all cosmetic. Yes. 100%. But, and Ubisoft does a fantastic job with their cosmetics. Good looking. Okay? <laughs> but, but we'll just Good start version. here. They already got me for five bucks. Okay. They already got me. 
And so I, I, I don't know, Steel, if you if you jumped no, in yet. No, I haven't, but I haven't bought okay. anything yet. Okay. No, I haven't bought anything okay. yet. I already bought uh, gun skins, right? I had to have some pretty gun skins. I already had some cool gun skins for right. free from the uh, from the U uh, U Play, uh, which which I picked up. But then they came out with this glow in the dark looking gun skin, uh, with splatter spray paint, but it glows. It it looks simply fantastic, and I enjoy this game enough that I said, okay, you got five bucks. So I pay, I paid five bucks. Rainbow six extraction is nothing new. Okay. It's going to be something no. that you get into and feels familiar. However, like Steele said, with that siege type tactical gameplay added to a PVE, it does make it fresh. Okay. It does, it does. give you a little bit of a different, you can't ramble this game no okay you will oh get in certain God. situations where you have to go hot and you are it's like aliens right, right? so you are getting surrounded like steel said they are going to mob you if you get into a certain spot and however most of the time it's going to cost you okay yep. uh number one there are so many layers of strategy to this game, more so than I ever thought just from watching the videos, right? So you have to think about what equipment you are bringing in based upon the mission that you're going to play. So you're going to want to have your operators set up correctly because there are certain missions that you are actually going to want to have those smoke grenades on. Right. Okay. They there work. are certain missions. <laughs> yeah, they work. And there's going to be certain missions where you want, you know, you want, uh, you know, claymores or you want to set up a defense perimeter because when they're they have a, a really really good variety of mission types so for those people saying that it's repetitive i don't i have yet to feel that it's repetitive because each one is so individualized as far as mission type goes it really feels like you've got a good mix at all times yeah, you do. Um, and you have to think about it like i said you there's this is a thinking man's pve game um, like Steel said, there are people out there. Shout out to Jasper Gaming. Um, he likes playing it single player. I've heard other people say it's an absolute horrible experience, and I could see why. Um, like Steel said, this is meant to be played. Now, Steel's been having a good time with random. Shout out to Kenichi, uh, who Steel and I played in. with. He, he was, uh, he's in this game. He costs us a couple of things, he but it's kind of funny. Steel and I were playing with uh, with a random dude one night, and Steel and I, I, we think that he could hear us. He wasn't on mic, but we think he could hear us because we were yelling at him. Yeah. <laughs> gave him a hard time and he started backing off a little bit and kind yeah. of started figuring out um but if you have a good squad of of friends playing this game it is cool go back and uh watch uh fun speculation shout out to mav uh his stream the first night when steel and i were playing with him and, and him and i and caitlin had played before steel got home go go listen because normally when when we're streaming with mav there's a whole lot of bs talk right there's a whole lot of us just gabbing while we're gaming right in Rainbow Six, in Rainbow Six Extraction, what you hear us is instantly go to that. And Mav called it out the other night. He goes, "Go back and listen to that stream. It sounds like we're those Ubisoft actors that when they show off gameplay, right? And you got those people going on your six, on your six. Yeah, we automatically jumped into some of that strategy, military style talk, right? Because yeah. you were calling out where you're seeing enemies because that's how." Like Steele said, that's the stress, the pressure that they do put on you in this game because you don't want to get mobbed. You don't want to get seen. Those aliens get alerted. They send out their alert. All of a sudden, the pods start hatching, yeah. birthing aliens left and right. 
it gets frantic and hectic and we died plenty of times. So number one, you're going to strategize about what equipment you're bringing in, what weapons you are using. There is a strategy involved in that and it can help you out. Can you get through it with whatever? Yeah, you can get through yeah. it with whatever, but you're going to find out that it's better to have the right equipment. Real quick. Number two, you have to pay attention to your health. You do not get your health back. Like you can find med packs, but oh, they don't give it, yeah. you your, they don't give you your health back permanently. Talk All they do is boost you for that round. And each each round, okay, is a level and they are good fair sized levels. They are really well-designed levels from my standpoint. I like how they design the levels. There's lots of entry points, just like Rainbow Six Siege. Right. There's lots of different ways to go through them. But each one of those levels has three missions. Yep. You can extract at any point. I mean, yep. you can leave at any point. It's a risk-reward thing. The, 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 each mission that you do gets harder and harder. Yes. Okay? So... You have to decide where you're going to extract. If you're going to extract after the first mission, cool. You get to keep your experience points, all good. The health bar is only boosted by the med packs during that one level. Yep. So you lo you're losing your health permanently, however. Once you extract and get back to home, that character could go on injured reserve. Yep because their health is too low they have to be 50 i believe it's 50 or above yep. in order for you to use them if they are below 50 they go into injured reserve you can no longer use that operator yep and you have to gain health back by they give you a little bit of health back for all your injured characters after each extraction depending on how well you did in that mission yep. so if you didn't do too well you can gain back like eight hit points mm -hmm. if you do very well in a, a level you can get like 30 hit points yeah back, right so that is also the strategy. If you are downed and your team does not carry you out to the extraction point, which is a whole nother thing, right? Yeah. That, that, that is a, another level. Wow. That is something else. I love to carry those moments one of your too. Teammates out. Yeah. Those it. moments are great. If you do, if you get downed and you get to, your team brings you back to the extraction point, you get med lifted out, you're on injured reserve. If you get left behind or if your team, your squad gets wiped, those operators are now MIA, okay? They, they have this special foam that protects you over your body right. uh, to protect you from the aliens. However, you are lost in that level. You, one of, the next time you go back in, one of the missions in the level that you go into will be to rescue your MIA operator. Yep. And that's the only way you get that operator back is by rescuing him. Now, the first thought was, what happens if our whole team goes MI or what happens if all my operators are MI? Well, it doesn't happen because what happens is you can only have one operator at a time yep. MIA. Okay, you can have a lot of players on IR, right. but you can only have one MIA. If, if you lose another operator completely, the other one that was on MIA will come off and go into injured reserve and yeah. start gaining back health. Okay. So don't worry about that. They didn't break the game by having all your operators right. gone. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> they're not going to punish but, you if you're not. Right. Right. But that, that, that's a whole nother, uh, another level. And then like steel said, you have your main missions that you gain experience points for, but then you have a subset of missions called studies. And these are groups of five, uh, side things that you have to do, like kill 15 grunts, right? right? Or whatever the case may be. And that's how you actually, like Steele said, level up to move into the next area, like from New York to San Francisco to Alaska and on and on and on. 
you actually have to complete those studies. Okay. And those studies, there's like Steele said, there's 10 levels to each of those 10, 10 groups of five. I think it's like five, four or five studies that you have to do while you're doing these other missions. Again, all of this stuff, then you're leveling up your operator as well. And as you level up your operator, of yep. course, you're opening up new weapons. Passive abilities. Up, yes. You're opening up the, the uh, um, technology side of things. You earn a point that you can then unlock one of the tech objects like a claymore, like a stun grenade, you know, all those kind of things. You have to unlock those as you level up and you have to decide which one you want. Again, much deeper game than I thought. It definitely takes from the Left for Dead game, obviously, Back for Blood, Left for Dead, Left for Dead more so um, yeah. as far as the, you know, more strategy. But this is heavy, heavy. You really do have to plan it out. I'll give you a little example. Uh, the first night we were playing with, when I was playing with Mav and Caitlin before Steel got on, we were in a situation where we had to rescue a NPC out of a level. Yep. And I was carrying the NPC. We were headed towards the extraction point. I had Mav and Caitlin leading the way. We got to a point where the door out. So we're facing the door that's going out. It's down a set of stairs. And then we are going to run out to the extraction point. To the right side is another room. That room has about four aliens in it wandering around. We can see them, right? But they're standing. One of them was standing right in the doorway. So we're like, okay, if we go by, they're going to alert. We're going to get chased. We got to figure this out. So I pulled out one of my smoke grenades. I'm like, all right, should I smoke them? And then we'll sneak by them, head to the staircase and get out. If we finally agreed upon that, we were like, okay, that's what we're going to do. Smoke grenade out. As I'm throwing it, Caitlin and Mav are headed towards the door down the stairs. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I hear Caitlin go, oh my God. There's more in front of us because we did not scout ahead. We did not look ahead. There was more aliens down the staircase, out the door. So now I've already thrown my smoke grenade. So those aliens know we're here. They're kind of, they're, they they're get disoriented. Yeah, they get yeah. disoriented, right? But they're, they, they know we're there. So now we're running. And all of a sudden, we've got three more aliens down the staircase and about five waiting outside for us, which we were not aware of. Guess what happened? Yeah, squad, a squad wipe squad wiped okay there was no way about it we got mobbed from the front and then those people the aliens in the room came out because they knew we were there everybody got alerted it was ugly right so that's the type of stuff that you go through in this game um you know depending on the type of mission there's one where you have to plant bombs and then protect the bombs you actually do have to think about barricading because they have the barricade system from Rainbow Six Siege. So you can barricade um, right. yourself in a room and you have to think about that. You have to put yourself in the best position. I'm really having a great time with this game. Like Steele said, this is probably one of the best co-op MP uh, you know, multiplayer PVE games that I've played in the past few years, couple years. Okay. At least, um, yeah. It is right at the top. I'm having a great time with it. It's something I can see in my regular rotation. Steel and I will probably be jumping in this weekend. Something to go back to over and over and over again. Uh, so shout out to Ubisoft. Again, is it going to be a game that wows you? No. You're going to see that from everybody who's played it, even the people that like it. it we're not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, this is the greatest. It's not like that. Graphically, it's good. It's nothing special. We've seen it all before. You know, Gameplay-wise, again, it's going to feel familiar but there is another level to it that you do have to take the time to learn. And once you do and it clicks, 
the game, especially with a group of friends up to three, or I should say a group of three at the max. I, I still wish to do four player, but whatever yeah. they do three, there's three player co-op. It is a fun game to jump into. And it is something that you, it, it's not boring. It's not something that gets old or stale. There's something new around each corner and right. each level brings something new. And they do have a very good variety of levels right now. And as enemies. Yeah. Up, yeah. And enemies, as you open up the other stuff, again, you get to a point like steel was saying, you start out, you get used to those aliens. They're easier. You bump it up a little bit. You get to a point where the aliens will start mutating on the fly. So you change, they change how you're going to play against them while you're fighting them. Okay. And so there's uh, weak points on them. There's all that kind of stuff. Headshots matter, you know, all that kind of stuff. The classic stuff is all there. Right. This is just a great game. I think it's worth $40, even if you don't have game pass, but if you have game pass, this is definitely a download, try, see if you like it type, type game for sure. For sure. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and again, I feel like that's just important just because people were, People were downplaying it, man. And then people are also like, oh, well, Ubisoft could have just put this, uh, they could have kept this one. And it's like, no, there's a reason why I worked with Siege and there's a reason why they made it its own standalone game. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm actually kind of glad it's not just an expansion. It's right. It feels like its own game. It, it legitimately does. Yes, is it using the same characters? Yeah, 100%. Same looks, same style, everything. Gameplay feels similar, everything, but it feels like its own game, and yeah. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, for uh, sure, absolutely. Splint Different says, "Yo, I, I like that how the how I like how that split sc screen split when you were changing characters just now." Oh. <laughs> I appreciate that, Splint. Sorry if I can talk today. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it, I think it's pretty cool. Definitely check it out if you can. Um, again. If, if it's yep. for you, it's for you. If it's not, it's not. It's kind of one of those things. All yep. right. Uh, I think the next thing we're going to talk about, Pong, is uh, we're going <laughs> to talk about uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Oh. Oh, I thought I thought we were going with uh, the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga being released on April 2nd. That's a huge thing. That, that sounds like a lot. That sounds like a lot better. I, I like that. I like that better. I like that better. <laughs> now, I was, I was playing. Um, we're not going to no, talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! Even though fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is fucking blowing up out of nowhere. Um, really? Free to, free to play game. It's like two. Um, I saw somebody post that it had like 255,000 concurrent players. I was like, yo, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Look, it goes back to what we said, man. People like like we just got done talking about people play what they play. Right. Sometimes it makes no sense to us like that are in this in like sometimes it can make no sense to you or me why things blow up. Right. But it goes to show you why we need so much diversity in this industry is because you just never know what's going to grab people's attentions. And there's all sorts of different gamers out there that have totally different interests than just us, the core gamers who talk about it, who study it, who read up on the industry, who play, right. you know, all these games. There's a whole nother group of players that just play what they want to play, man. And sometimes it's Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes, yeah. you, you just, sometimes games, it's, just can it's Candy Crush, right? It, yeah. It's all that. And we're going to talk about Candy Crush a little bit here too. Ooh. Um, yeah, go ahead, Steel. Sorry. But no, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, I mean, we definitely definitely wanted to bring up the Star Wars Lego um Skywalker saga because man, does there there is so much content about to be in this damn game. If you guys didn't know, um 
the Star Wars uh, Skywalker Saga, the I believe it's what a remaster, basically. Um, it's just uh, a call. They're bringing them all together, and then yeah, updating it and everything. Okay, so it's basically a remaster. Um, and I don't want to downplay that because it, it looks pretty freaking solid. Um, but they finally gave it a release date of I believe it was April fifth. April second, April fifth, one of those two. I think I believe it was April fifth. Um, yeah. and man. I was watching the uh, the breakdown trailer uh, that they put out. It's like a six minute breakdown trailer, and I actually was showing it to my wife. And yeah, it'd be April fifth. And uh, I was showing it to my wife, and she was like, "Is that Lego? Is that like a Star Wars?" I was like, "I was like, yeah." Like that game looks badass. Mm-hmm. It was like they got combos and and everything. The gameplay looks solid. You can fly in space and go to the different planets and everything. I was like, yeah. And it goes through all the all the sagas and everything. They got everything now. They got everything updated. She was like, really? And I was like, yeah, it's co-op too. She was like, really? I was like, yeah. She was like, oh, that's day one. We got we to get that. <laughs> I was like, oh, you already know. And I, when I tell you, I never played the Star Wars uh, Skywalker saga back in the day um, with Lego. Uh, there's only been one Lego game that I really remember playing, and that's the Marvel ones. I didn't play the Skywalker Saga ones, so now that this one's coming back around, I'm genuinely kind of excited to jump into this one because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, um, and especially to jump into it from kind of my era, um, where it's like the one, two, and three. Although I did grow up watching four, five, and six, um, as many ha- others have, and as many others will also tell you, those are probably the better movies out of all of them. Um, I love them all, especially those first six movies. Um, I, I, I love them all equally. Uh, one, two, and three, I feel like have a definite, a definitive place, at least in the E in the ecosystem of star Wars and everything. And I definitely want to kind of go back through that and experience everything again, um, to see that we can go through each saga. You can start at episode one, if you wanted to, and then run all the way through it. I think it's going to be an amazing thing again, to kind of give you that, uh, that breakdown of, the whole all of the movies and everything and then also to give you that extra that lego feel to it because when lego does it they add the humor um, and, and everything else and it makes it a really fun time uh, along with giving you the story so i think it's going to be an amazing thing um i, I want to kind of put my hand on i i think this may end up in game pass but I said it. I, I, I said don't, it. I don't know. DMs. I don't know for yeah. sure. I'm anticipating it ended up being on Game Pass. I feel like there's going to be some kind of deal cut for it just because or unless there's something else going on in the background. But just because it since it's released before and this is kind of the remaster for a way to could be one way. And I, the reason I say Game Pass is because it could be a way to entice people into the service. Again, there's so many Star Wars fans out there, so many Lego fans out there. Um, it's just another way to entice them. Again, you know, you Phil always talks about having family-friendly games. This is one of those things. Um, it could be that play. Uh, how do you feel about it, man? How did you feel when you yeah. got when you saw the news and everything, and then go from there? Yeah, no, uh, it's great to finally have a release date on this. I look back in the day, uh, me and the kiddo played tons of Lego games on Xbox 360, uh, especially. So I am well versed in the Lego games. I actually played them so much with him that kind of got burnt out on them, right? <laughs> Um, haven't played them in a while. I told you, uh, I think, uh, last sale, uh, two couple sales ago, uh, in the Xbox store, they had the DC villains, a Lego game, uh, the ultimate edition, which right. is all the DLC on sale for like, I don't know, 
11 bucks, 12 bucks, something like that. That's like $80 worth of content. I almost grabbed it. Right. So that again, it's different. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it since I don't have the kiddo to play with. Right. Uh, but, but this game, if you're going to get it, I know you're going to play it with your wife, but if we can jump in co-op, yeah. I don't, I did. We confirm if online co-op is there. I don't, I don't know if online co-op is there. I, we got to like find that out, be, but I, I hope so, but it. they haven't in the past, which has been a weird thing. Right. So hopefully TT uh, is doing it this time. Anyways. So when I saw this, yeah, it kind of, it, it's it's on my radar and I knew it was going to be coming now that it's April 2nd. I'm kind of getting excited for it. I watched the video. It looks fantastic. A lot of parts of it just look awesome. Um, but I am thinking the same thing, Steel. My first thought was this is the perfect Game Pass game. Phil wants more family-friendly games in there. We know we're going to talk about the, the acquisition here and what that's going to bring. Um, this would be the perfect April Game Pass game. Perfect. Like there is like, like when I thought about it, I was like, oh man, because I've seen a lot of people now that we have a release date and watching the videos and getting hyped for it, right? Yeah. This would be the perfect April uh, Game Pass game. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if I jump into it. If it's not on Game Pass, uh, you know, if I'm going to pick it up, we'll see. Uh, but it does. It does. It gives I, me I that. I found an answer, Paul. It does, yeah, go ahead. It does not have online co-op, but it does have local co-op. Of course it does. It has couch co-op. They all have that Bro, 2022. I don't get that. 2022. I don't get that. I do not understand. What's the difference? (laughs) In that game, it's like Battletoads. When Battletoads dropped, it does not have online co-op. Like, how? 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 Like, that's a smaller studio, so (sighs) I get it. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have the resources and time to put into it. Oh, I hope that's what it was. Warner Brothers, 2022, Lego, you're not going to put online co-op. Bro, that's disappointing. That's really disappointing. Okay. All right. Well, that probably make my decision because I'm not going to sit here by myself and play it. I don't right. think. <laughs> I mean, if it shows up in Game Pass, of course I will. I yeah. mean, I'm going to definitely play, you know, play, try it out and stuff. But, bro, that, that's really disappointing and disheartening in 2022 that we can't have online co-op in a game that's made for co-op. Like, made for co-op. How right. is that possible? All right. Well, thanks for bumming me up. <laughs> I, I had to look it up and make sure. Yeah. But hey, um, again, I know a lot of people have kind of been anticipating this for a while because we've been kind of here rumbling yeah. this going on for quite some time. <laughs> um, to see it finally come out, yeah. I, I think it's going to be an exciting time. Again, it's going to give me a time, a moment to jump into it. Uh, it might be one of those moments for me to where I get to play with the kiddos and everything else. They might jump in and out when the wife's not playing or whatever the case. So, um, I mean, ho- hopefully. And. And maybe I don't know. Well, maybe we'll hear something closer to the time where they they kind of get that outcry and they get that added in there, where they get the online co op in it. Um, but again, it could be because they are a small studio. Maybe they didn't have the budget for it. Um, it could be an update over time. You know, nowadays everybody's so vocal. It could just take that and they then they'll add it in there at that point. So I guess we'll see. Uh, did you have anything else that you want to kind of bring up on that? Nope. I'm just reading the, I'm reading the chat because the Activision Blizzard's talk has started. So the oh, chat yeah. is anticipating oh, where yeah. we are going. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was, just I was a, definitely just a, say. just a little topic. Just a, just a, little a, topic. Just a, so uh, a little bit of news came out this week 
And we, could, and we could definitely jump into it since I, I see you guys are excited about it. You guys have been kind of going back and forth, um, trying to not to get too deep into it, but this is the time that we definitely got to talk about it. And uh, we're definitely going to come from a different angle here first. Um, I'm probably going to let Pong go so we can get some of the uh, get some help segments out and we'll kind of we'll bounce off each other from there. Um, but so a little bit of news came out and. Um, you know, a, a little deal was made. I, I think they they had to shake out their pockets, make sure they had some extra quarters uh, to make sure to get the to get this deal done. Uh, maybe they had to ask their mom to, for a loan or something to, you know, get some hands sh- shook on this deal. Um, but little old Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard for sixty eight point seven billion dollars. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that this is Six, the so hold on, Steel. Sixty nine, if you count Bobby Kotick's payout that he's going to get, let's, <laughs> we'll just say sixty nine. Let's just let's just <laughs> let's just round up and say seventy billion dollars. And actually, with with cash on hand, because of the cash on hand that that. The, that Activision, it's actually seventy five billion. Makes it seventy five. Um, yeah, it makes it seventy five. Okay. Yep. Yep. Nice. Yep. Look. So seventy. We'll just call it a cool seven. We'll call it in the middle. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no, a cool, cool, just a cool seventy billion dollars. What's a billion here or there? Um, not only that, but it's not like they took took out a loan, got some low interest, and they're just gonna pay it off after some time. They paid seventy billion dollars cash for this deal. I believe somebody was saying that they paid about $95 a share on this deal. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the biggest deals that Microsoft has ever made. Overall. Gaming history. Biggest, definitely biggest deal in gaming history. It's up there with some of the AT&T mergers that have happened. Um, it's it's just below Disney Fox. Yeah, <laughs> just below Disney Fox. So that, that kind of gives you, and the reason I bring that up is to give you that perspective of how big this deal is. Again, yeah. I think it's big enough to say that it's Microsoft's, one of Microsoft's bigger deals ever, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. I yeah, think yeah, for their company, for their company, yes. Not yes, a, for a corporation, yes. And, yes. and so, and definitely correct me on that if I'm wrong, but no. um, if that doesn't speak dividends in itself about how serious Microsoft has taken gaming, then I don't know what, else, what other proof you need. Um, again, I mean, they kind of showed it with, uh, kind of, they kind of showed it with Zenimax <laughs> and everything, another cool little $12 billion, uh, billion dollar deal. Seven. Seven billion. Only Sorry. Seven. Only seven. Me. Excuse me. Seven. Sorry. Yeah. Um, seven and a half. So a cool little seven and a half billion deal. And then boom again with this. So if 80 to $90 billion later doesn't, let's just say it's a cool hundred million, hundred billion dollars <laughs> later. Um, so if 10% of Microsoft's worth doesn't tell you how percent, uh, how important display is or how important gaming is to Microsoft, then I don't know what other proof that you need. Um, this Activision deal is a serious deal because of the implementations that it may end up having, or implications, I should say, more so. Implementation too, but the implications that it could have on the industry overall. Now, there are some ups and downs about it because I do personally feel like if it would have swung one way and the deal would have went to Sony, we would be having a completely different conversation right now. 
Yes, would there still be cries like, oh, consolidation, everything else? Sure. But I think the conversation would be a lot different because of brand loyalty. Again, can't fight that. It is what it is. Um, that's what difference, so difference keeps saying, list, pull up the list of IPs. And look, there are there is definitely a huge list of what Activision brings to the I table. And I'm definitely wanna I'll definitely pass it off to my brother Pong um before he gets into his rant because I feel like it's gonna be part of it. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of background on me uh, on how I feel about it, because I know you haven't necessarily heard. Um I won't get into it too deep. Uh, I'll just bounce off of you after you get into your rant and everything. The Activision deal to me, again, speaks a lot. It has it has a lot more meaning to me than some may think, and not to me personally, but just to my thought process. Because again, Microsoft is acquiring a publishing a, a you know a pub that has has an impact on gaming over the last couple of decades uh, like we even when you think about back in the day um activision has had reach again activision started with me with starcraft um that was my really first foray into it um but there probably was some other titles before that i can't th- that i can't think of at the moment um that palm will probably be able to ring off at the top of the head that i'll be like yeah I, I, that's that was probably more so it but when you hear names like when you, when you hear those types of names, I, I believe Paul just said, yeah, yeah, um, I sent you the list. Okay, so when you hear games like Call of Duty, you hear Skylanders, you hear StarCraft, um, you hear the War of the Warcraft, True Crime, like I've heard you guys talk about, it was an amazing game for me back in the day. Uh, again, I thought that game was better than uh, GTA in some portions a lot of the time back in the day. Uh, again, we're, gonna, if, we're gonna talk about it, but if, we if they, they, they now back, own they yeah, they they own a grant they could have a exclusive Grand Theft Auto. That game was amazing. If they do it right. That game was I, again, I feel like that game is some especially story wise, that game has it's it's up there. Um and then I list those games and then also Candy Crush, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, again, childhood. IPs and I'll let uh, Paul get into it. Diablo is another one of those that had an impact on me earlier on too. When you list these titles out and you just kind of reiterate these things to yourself, you're saying they're getting some state of the art IP. Now to me, the biggest part of this deal is Microsoft bought a wounded dog that has a lot of history behind it. Um, and also has a lot of drama behind it that I don't think that they're going to be able to fix for a while. It's going to take time, love, passion, dedication, whatever you want to call it, for them to fix the majority of things that are going on within this pub. And I think it's going to take at least five years before we see real implications of what this could really mean. Um, now, I do think they're going to make immediate changes, sure. But again, like some people have made the point, hey, it's hard. It's kind of hard to just get in there and just start pulling the roots out and killing things and really getting to the root of the problem because people will protect people. People will hide people and um, kind of go from there. So it's going to take some time to really root out the majority of it. But this gives Microsoft exactly what they wanted. And that is a slate of IP that they could fit in at any one single point in time. The 
not for the kids, for the older crowd, for the in-between, especially when you talk about Call of Duty. Personally, I don't care if Call of Duty is exclusive or not, because I, that is not the play for this. I don't think overall Call of Duty is the reason why they got Activision. I, or Activision Blizzard, excuse me, because you can't forget that. Blizzard, Blizzard is a king on PC. I think it's everything else. All the other IPs that I, I know my brother Ponso is also going to get into. Again, when you say Crash Bandicoot, when you say Spyro, when you say Diablo, when you say, and you add Call of Duty to that picture, these are things that, are, that will sell consoles. Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot did really well coming back. Crash Bandicoot is actually one of the reasons why I have as much love for PlayStation as I do. It was one of the first games that I played on PlayStation, on, on the OG PlayStation, other than Rampage. Amazing, and it was an amazing game. It's also one of the first games I've ever traded into GameStop or EB Games at the time. So, just to kind of give you some perspective on that. Again, I, there's a bigger play here than just Call of Duty, and that's something, and that's, it just bothers me because that's what people are focusing on. Oh, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. Yes, Call of Duty is the biggest selling IP for Activision, sure, and it sells copies regardless every year, but I think this speaks more for what Call of Duty has the potential to do, especially if Microsoft steps in and says, hey, we're not doing this year after year release shit anymore. Give these, give these games some time to breathe and then go from there. I would love if Call of Duty went back to a three-year kind of two, maybe two to three-year cycle. Why? Because that gives people time to invest. You're going to have Warzone. But if you want to bring the, the, I, the key point, which was the multiplayer, and I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, Warzone is, is more so the reason why people play Call of Duty. Sure. But it used to be the multiplayer too. And that just tells you how far Call of Duty has kind of fell off within the years because the multiplayer really doesn't hit the same as it used to. It doesn't feel the same as it used to. It doesn't give you that same thrill that it used to, at least for me. And that's bothersome because Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, Black Ops 2 was some of the best first person shooting multiplayer that I, that I had ever experienced outside of Rainbow and Halo. Some of the best in Battlefield, which is something else we'll talk about later some of the best and because they've been put into this situation and they put into this wall where they had where they felt like they had to release these titles year after year to make their money so they can continue to be a fucking so they can continue to exist has been a problem for them because that's exactly how it's been again there's a reason why Bungie pulled from activision that shows you the fall. That somebody that was so key in the industry as Activision and or Blizzard and Bungie pulled away because they were making Destiny more microtransaction-like, trying to make it a money-hungry game. Although Bungie, man, it's a whole different conversation. So I got to talk to y'all about that because, my God, how many more times are you going to make me pay for DLC than your plan? Um, it's just, there's just a lot more to this deal than meets the eye and pun intended transformers reference. So Paul, I want to pass this off to you because I know you kind of, I know you definitely feel the same way. Uh, I mean, it's not just surface level. It's 
we're, we're looking at the roots. We're looking at how the tree grows uh, and then the fruit that can be uh, that can be bared from this tree. And I know you also have some rants that you kind of want to get into because <laughs> some people have had some hot takes about this, not only a monopoly side of things or I, I uh, uh, oligopoly, if, uh, if I'm saying that correctly, oligopoly, oligopoly. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, I, I knew yeah. it was. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, no, 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 no. Take a cup no. of coffee. Um, no, no, no. Speaking of which, there, I'll get there's been some, there's been some interesting language used. Yes. In regards to this. Um, Let's put it that way. But people have said some interesting things about this, how this is going to negatively affect the industry, how Microsoft doesn't grow their talent. They buy their talent, uh, which is something else that I disagree with, because you can look across the pond and say the exact same thing. Um, I wanted to I wanted to kind of bring up a little bit of something, just a little bit of smoke. Within the last couple decades, Sony has bought most of their studios. Microsoft came in came into the industry and didn't have anything. They had to buy they had to buy their way in too. And one of my other perspectives before I pass it off to you, Pong, is that I think personally this is embarrassing to Sony. Why? Because again, you have IP, right? You have all this talent, right? And all this time you did not take your competition seriously enough to invest in yourself to make sure that a play like this wouldn't necessarily benefit you. Well, wouldn't work against you negatively and it still might not. Right. But the reason I say that is because Microsoft is now over 32 studios, 50 plus games that they're that being worked on. Tony, you have how many studios? How long have you been in the industry? What are we doing here? And then for people to come out here and say that, oh, Microsoft's a monopoly, they're doing, oh, they're, they don't. Microsoft owns their talent also. You're in an industry where you have to buy in and develop your talent. It's not, you can't just do one or the other. <laughs> like, what? But with that being said, how do you feel about this whole Activision Blizzard situation? Mm. More so coming from the side, because I know this is where you want to start with it, on how people are addressing this situation. Um, coming from an angle to where this is bad for the devs, this is terrible for the industry, uh, this stunts growth, it does not help develop growth, it does not garner growth within our industry. It actually leads to the side of more of a Microsoft's becoming a, a, a capitalist, communistic <laughs> company or whatever the case. How do you feel about some of those things? Um, and and how deep dive it from there, man. And yeah. I'll bounce off of that. Go ahead. Look, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Activision is, again, a name synonymous with the video game industry that almost was lost to history. Okay. Activision goes back for me to Atari 2600 days. Pitfall. There you go. River Raid. Okay. Some of the, my, mm -hmm. so some of my favorite games on the Atari 2600 was Activision. I always knew the Activision name. Like it was yeah, me too. Boxes me too. Else, mm -hmm. right? Um, a little bit of history. Activision went through a terrible time, actually got renamed again, 
Bobby Kotick snake, uh, Bobby Kotick awful human being for what he's allowed to happen in a company. Bobby Kotick cancerous. Okay. That's, that's, that's how we know Bobby Kotick. Let me tell you something. Go, go read the history though. Go read the history though. Bobby Kotick, (laughs) he, uh, uh, a gentleman named Steve Wynn uh, and Phillips Electronic mm-hmm. bought Activision as it was going out of business for $500,000. $500,000. I believe that was in 1991. Bobby Kotick had a, he knew the value of the Activision name and he set out a plan to bring Activision back from the dead. He fired every single employee except for eight of them so that he could restructure the company for bankruptcy. They had to yep. be done. They were yep. like $26 million in debt, $25 million in debt when he bought them for $500,000. So he had to restructure, file bankruptcy, okay? Yep. And then set out a plan to bring them back from the dead. They did. He took, he took Zork. For any of you old heads out there, Zork is probably one of the first PC games you played. Zork, I remember playing over my buddy's house on his dad's old IBM, okay? Green screen, okay? Zork, he knew that that was where he was going to start. He, d- he had the company develop return to Zork. And from there, 1993, went through the bankruptcy process. 1993, he went public. And forgive me if my dates are wrong. I'm going, I'm, again, this brain yeah. doesn't work. This, again, 1993, he went public rebranded Activision again, mm-hmm. went public with it, raised $40 million. And then the rest is history, as they say. Legendary ever since. $70 billion, at one point worth even more. Had this deal yep. gone through a year ago, when they peaked, their stock price peaked over $100, it would have costed probably somewhere, because you got to pay a premium when right. you do these acquisitions, it would have costed Microsoft somewhere around $150 billion. Yep. 140, 150, whatever. They got a deal here. Okay. Oh, and again, yeah. make no mistake. It's hard to yeah. say that when you say $70 billion, but Microsoft got a deal. Okay. There, this would not have happened if all the nonsense, the awful, the atrocities that happened within that corporation didn't lead to this point. Make no mistake about it. This was an opportunity purchase. Okay. Right. Sometimes in business, you do this. Now, again, as we talked about, nobody saw this coming, right? Shout out to Thomas. I forget his Twitter handle. I found the one dude who had a tweet from June that said next June of last year that said next purchase is Activision. Okay. There was, there was one, one or two people there. That was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. There was one or two people. They had their heart. They had their pulse (laughs) on it. They had their hand on the pulse. Uh, You can go back and listen to Boomstick Show, uh, Xbox Factor Podcast, when all the Activision stuff for the garbage hit, uh, the the lawsuits hit. We talked about this. And somebody, I forget who it was, had asked the question, would Microsoft buy Activision Blizzard? And we all laughed, right? And me personally on that show, you can go back and listen to it. I haven't pulled it yet. But I said something to the effect of, I laughed and said never. And then I said, nope, I never say never in in, in this industry, especially, and especially when it comes to Microsoft. I said, if the value gets to a point so low that at some point you do pull the trigger, right? Oh, we found out what it was. Okay. Again, I didn't say they were going to buy Activision Blizzard because I thought it was too risky. And Mm -hmm. and Microsoft generally is is very risk adverse uh, to making these kind of deals. So I did not think that they would take on the baggage. 
right? I did not think they would do that in any way, shape, or form. But I did say at some point, value's too great. Yeah, you make you make the deal, right? So that's about as close as I got to seeing this. Um, but Activision's history is so incredible within the industry. Yes. And now it has been tarnished by Bobby Kotick allowing everybody else there that was a part of these horrible, horrible things going on within that company to continue for years upon years upon years. Um, and so that name along with Blizzard's name um, now are not what they used to be. Right. right. So Microsoft took this opportunity to make an acquisition and to obtain some of the most profitable, well-known IP to ever come out of the gaming industry. Um, And, and, and they've done it. Okay. They've made, they put the big bet. You couldn't make a bigger bet than this on this. And of course, you're going to have the naysayers come out of the woodwork. Number one, the circus, the clown show. Again, I'm, we've said it time and time again here, right? Get some help. You guys come out with the same, same, same narratives over and over again. You guys did, wanted this competition. Now you don't want this competition. And now you're going to try to bash Microsoft and Xbox with all this nonsense. The clown show is always going to be there. The circus will always show up when stuff like this happens. I'm done with them. What I'm speaking to now directly is the people, the respectable people in this industry who have been around for a long time, the journalists in this industry, the people who have covered this industry for decades now, um, the Colin Moriarty's. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to point him out specifically. And again, I'm never going to punch down. So I don't call out. We don't, we don't, we've rarely ever said anybody who's below or who is on the normal level, like Steele and I, I'm going to call out the blue check marks from time to time. And Colin has been called out on the show before for some of his previous comments. Number one, Colin Moriarty, whatever you feel about him personally, personally, I respect the guy. Personally, I think he has some very good insight. He is very intellectual. He's an intelligent human being. Uh, We've also spoken about, though, he does speak with emotions. He lets his emotions get to him. Mm -hmm. And even though, again, I can have, I could sit down with Colin and have a discussion with him. Okay. I could sit down and talk about his points and go through each one of his points and have a back and forth with him. Even though, no minds are going to be changed, even though nothing's going to, I, I could have that discussion and see his points of view right. because he doesn't just sit out here and scream Xbox bad. Now, no. a lot of people think that his comments obviously show his bias, which they do. Okay. His emotional bias towards Sony is there. Um, I think he would acknowledge it. Um, but at the same time, I think that he does believe that from an intellectual standpoint that he is speaking his truth. And right. I, I, I think that's real. I yeah. think that he has, you know, again, from his perspective, his doom and gloom scenarios, if you were to play them all the way out to the worst possible point, mm-hmm. they have some validity. However, to get to that worst possible point is so far fetched. That's when I think that they lose any kind of credibility as far as what's actually going to happen in this industry. Exactly. Right. And so I think he is spewing to spew because he's emotional. 
he, he, he does believe what he believes. There's some anti-capitalism behind it as well. There's more into it than that. And there, that comes from not just him. There's a lot of journalists out here that write things that are skewed one way, not just because of a bias towards Sony and PlayStation, but also because of political, economic beliefs, all yes. that kind of stuff comes into a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff. Microsoft is the big bad bear in the room, has been for a long time. Everybody uh, they earned so. that reputation in the 80s and 90s. They've cleaned it up considerably, but there's a lot of people who still remember Microsoft as that. And those old thought processes. And what's come funny back about that, and what's funny yeah. about that, and we were talking about this a little bit in the, in the GRG DM, shout out to those boys out there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to GRG last night, a lot of passion on the show. But yeah. what's funny to me about that too is that when even when people were considering Microsoft a monopolized company or that they were a big, just big bad Microsoft. Sorry that Microsoft had the best service available to you. Sorry that Internet Explorer was better than AOL at the time. That the fact that they were packaging a better overall value deal to you, giving you a better hardware and, well, not necessarily hardware, but just better overall services to you and bundling it with your PC was such a problem. Sorry that Windows that Windows was so great. Sorry. Yeah, and they did some, they did some, Bad, and there's I other mean, things that are kind of behind. They, 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 yeah. they, they've done some things. They've killed. They killed off companies back then that were yes. going to be competition That's for true. them, like YouTube. YouTube has purchased competitors. Yes. YouTube yes. has made sure that they're still kings when somebody's come along and been a threat to them. They, they again, this is business. This happens. It's not. We have laws against it. Microsoft right. went through the courts. Right. They got sued by the DOJ. Yep. All that stuff happened. Yep. But the Microsoft now, while dominating, has cleaned up their image. They can be a bully and yeah. i and i will call this move a strong arm move that's what it this is This is straight up mm-hmm. one of those this is big bank take little bank yep. this is this is fuck you kind of money being thrown around right this is I, this is straight up right and i will not deny that at all but this industry is so huge that the terms of monopoly the terms that colin specifically used i'm going to go back to his previous tweet before the most current one where he used the term malign influence. Okay. Again, Colin is extremely intelligent. The man has a vocabulary like nobody's business. The man knows what he's doing. A lot of people don't understand when he speaks, they hear some of these words and they're not used to them being used, especially in the video game industry, malign influence. Right. Look, you want to break this down malign Malign's definition, and this is from Merriam-Webster, <laughs> is evil in nature yep. or effect, injurious. That's what I don't agree with. Okay. That's having having or showing intense, often vicious ill will. Yep. That right there, my friends. That's not what this is. <laughs> that is so far from this industry in any way, shape, or form. I can't from this, I should say from this specific deal, I cannot believe that he had the gall to use this type of language. Uh, number one. Yeah. No, nah, um, no. Nah. <laughs> look, you know, how people say, look, you know, how smart people when they use certain words and they're like, yeah, that sounds yeah. good in this sentence. And, or, oh, or he knows us. <laughs> he, you know. he knows, he knows though. And he knew specifically what he was saying here again. When you say something like that, you are showing that those old feelings about Microsoft as a corporation and, and corporation, again, to, to my point, my earlier point about Colin, he's got some other ideas and philosophy that typically hates 
giant corporations. Okay. So Microsoft being one of the kings of those corporations, right. Sony is a small fry compared to Microsoft. Right. And I do firmly, and I will state this for the record, and, and I know some people will disagree with me. If the roles reversed and Sony was the $2.5 trillion company and they did something like this, I do believe that he would come out against it. Now, would he use this strong of language? That's to be debated whether no, or not I, he I don't would he be would. I, right. And we can, and I can, I can hear that. Okay. I can hear that he would not use this, but he would come out against it in some fashion. Okay. He would have something to, negative to say about this happening on Sony's side if the roles were reversed. However, it's not. But to use malign influence to, to suggest that there is evil intent from Microsoft by making this deal is so beyond, so beyond the pale that I have a hard time with that one specifically. That is ridiculous. And then he adds on to it by making a tweet yesterday promoting his Patreon. And again, um, all things being equal, uh, disclosure, I have not listened to this full episode of Sacred right. Symbols. It's, uh, it's, well. it's, it's, it's locked behind Patreon. Uh, I do not Respect subscribe it. to him. Um, so I have not listened to it. And I'm sure, again, the clips that we've seen out there that everybody's kind of seen of him speaking directly on this are cut. And there's yeah. a lot more. I've listened to enough Colin Moriarty to know that there's a lot more. A lot more. He, he's a man who likes to talk. Just right. like Steele and I, okay? So he will expound upon his ideas a lot more than a, a two-minute clip, okay? So I have not listened to it. So I'm just going by his words that he's putting out there in the public-facing uh, uh, sphere. And then he added to it with his tweet yesterday. In purchasing Activision, Microsoft has undoubtedly set off a new round of mergers and acquisition that co will coalesce entities. It's bad for creativity, bad for devs, and bad for players. Look, okay. That's where first he does. That's off the deep end for me. Like, first, first of all, you call it an evil intentioned deal that Microsoft is doing this with evil intention. Then you come out and say it's bad for creativity, bad for devs, and bad for the players. And then you try to say that Microsoft is the one setting off a new round of mergers and acquisitions. Colin, get some help, brother. Um, look, you're better than this. Um, you can be much more tactile than this. You have the ability to do such. I've seen you discuss some very intense topics with rational conversation, with rational points. This you're just throwing against the wall in a, a kind of a fit, okay? This is your emotions taking over. Again, I believe that you believe this stuff. I'm not saying that you're not believing this stuff. I right. believe you do, mm -hmm. but you got to take a step back brother, and you got to look at this really realistically at this point in time now. The doomsday scenario that you're putting out there, yeah, worst case scenario, doomsday, we see the industry collapse upon itself, and we wind up with one or two big giant juggernauts owning, you know, 80, 90% of the IP out there, okay? We're far yeah. away from that. Doomsday scenario absolutely that's like saying we could be at nuclear war at any point you're right we yeah could we be. could be we, we could be <laughs> right we could be mm -hmm. but realistically where we're sitting at now that's not happening okay right. so let's break this down broke down the malign influence for you that is ridiculous again those words there's no evil intent here but let's specifically look at his tweet from yesterday yeah. it's bad for creativity bad for devs bad for players if we got to the doomsday scenario, I would agree with you. 
Okay. I would agree with you. Where we're at now with this acquisition specifically, Xbox, Microsoft, and, and we can say Microsoft now, by the way, if anybody hasn't heard yet, Phil now has a new title. I know I've used those you know, interchangeably all this time. Mm-hmm. But now, now Mike, uh, Phil Spencer now has a new title, CEO oh, of game. Microsoft Gaming. This, look, <laughs> we'll get into that. Anyways, what they did here with this acquisition was the complete opposite of every single one of those points. Every single one of those points. Let's break it down. Bad, let's start with bad for devs. Mm-hmm. Microsoft is coming in and giving every single one of those devs that are still at that company, except for the bad actors that are, are getting cleaned out as we speak. We exactly. saw another round of, of firings last week. We're going to see more leading up to the finalization of this deal, including finally the head cancer himself. Bobby Kotick will be gone when this is all said and done. Yes, yes he will get his golden parachute. That's the way business works. We can all hate it, but he's going to be gone at the end of the day is the big point. All those devs that have stuck by Activision because they have to, because they have family to feed, because they can't just pick up and move. Maybe they actually really do enjoy working there on those games. There are people there with a passion for Call of Duty as much as we put it down. There is a passion for all the games they put out there, for WoW, for World of Warcraft, for for all the games that they do, Overwatch. For all those devs that have stuck it out, that have put up with all the BS that have gone through it, had friends maybe that have left because they've personally been a part of the sexual harassment or whatever the case may be for all those devs that are still there. Microsoft has given each and every single one of them hope. Exactly. At the end of the day. He, they Which... have given them a breath of fresh air in a stagnant poisonous environment. Microsoft is coming in and going to have the ability to do be I've called I've called this out on other shows. This is the ultimate house flipper. They're going to come in, tear down basically the entire insides minus all the good people that are there. And they're going to rebuild that company, injecting in Microsoft's fantastic by all accounts culture into this company, Activision Blizzard. And they are going to spit shine that company up and they're going to make it as the best place to work as possible for all those devs who stuck it out. Bad for the devs? Hardly. They have already been devs that have come out. There is word behind the scenes that there are so many groups of people within that company already cheering this saying, thank God this is happening because they know what it's going to mean at the end of the day. If you want to look outside of Activision Blizzard, we already have so many examples of all the devs that uh, that Microsoft have acquired through these past years and their leaders and the people within there coming out talking about how fantastic it has been underneath this new Xbox. This is not the Xbox of old. This is the new Xbox. Hands off. And that goes into the next one. Bad for creativity. Are you kidding me? How do you get worse than what Activision's done? Forcing their dev teams onto Call of Duty. Basically, every single one. Toys for Bob, who are some of the most creative devs who have done great work with Crash Bandicoots. All these titles that that obviously love making these these more family-friendly type games, these bright spots. Forced to be a support studio for Call of Duty. 
Talk about taking away creativity. Talking about forcing round uh, round pegs into square holes, right? Yeah, that's man. all Activision has used done. That. <laughs> right? That's all they've done. That's part of the reason why Activision, again, outside of the the the, the horrendous stuff, Activision itself was not as successful as everybody believes it was. They nope. were collapsing upon their own weight of Call of Duty because they became a one hit juggernaut that put all their resource. And I talk about Activision side, I'm not talking about Blizzard side. That's a mm-hmm. whole nother story. The Activision mm-hmm. side, they put all their resources into one juggernaut because they had to, because the investors demanded each and every year for making them the to money. go above. Talk about taking away creativity. What is one of the first interviews Phil did? And we'll get into it with the Washington Post, with Gene Park. Go follow Gene Park on Twitter. The guy is good. He's one of the good ones in this industry. He's been writing for a long time. He has some good takes, but he got an interview with Phil. Phil, Phil comes out and says, I looked at the IP that Activision had and said, let's go. He was excited, man. Phil, yeah. Phil actually said, let's go. He was excited. Quote. Yeah, it's part of He's this. He's yeah. already talking about going and talking about the talking to these individual dev studios, these devs and these studios, these teams and asking them, what do you want to work on? Is there any old IP that you'd like to get back to? He has already made that statement in public. You want to know why? Because Phil is a gamer. That's the best part about Phil. He understands that he sees what we see. Yes, there is a, he is the head now of a hundreds of millions of dollars companies, a a pillar of a two point, nearly $3 trillion company at this point. Mm -hmm. He has got a lot more on his plate, but at his heart, he is a gamer. He knows that Call of Duty has not been the same. He yep. knows that these dev teams have been put on something that they may not want to work on. He knows there's IP sitting there that he himself played as a kid, just like I was talking about, just like Steel was talking about, that he would love to see come back again. And he is going to go in there and give, and he talked about giving them the resources. And what have we seen from every other studio that Microsoft has purchased? They are growing. People want to talk about organic. People want to talk about just coming in and buy. They don't simply come in and buy and then say, hey, you're going to go work on this. Have fun. They have come in and cultivated these dev teams. Every single team that they have purchased is still hiring to this day. They are still growing. They are working on IP that they want to work on. They are doing the things that they do best, which is creative, creation, making the content, the games for us, but doing it their way. They're given the time and the money to do so. So what do you think is going to happen here? Phil's already talking about how excited he is to bring back IP. So excited to go talk to these devs and see what they want to do. Right. He's going to bring creativity back to Activision Blizzard. That's what this acquisition is doing. The complete opposite of what you are claiming, Colin. How can you not see that? Again, you're looking at the doomsday scenario. You're looking at what if, what if all these companies are bought up? What? That's not what we are at. We are at a industry with over 2,000 companies currently involved making games. Over 200,000 devs working on games. This is one small little piece of that. 10%. Is it a big one? Yeah. Is it a big one considering the names involved? Yeah, it is. There's a lot of big IP involved. <laughs> Absolutely, there's a lot of big IP, including one of the biggest in the history of gaming and Call of Duty. Absolutely, of course. But at the end of the day, 
you're still talking about doomsday scenario that we are nowhere near happening and probably will never happen because we do have, at least in America, and the EU is even more stringent, right. laws in place avoiding that scenario. So both of those gone. Now let's get to the bad for the players. Are you kidding? Colin, bad for the players? Players who have been asking for Tony Hawk? Players who have been asking for a new Banjo-Kazooie? Or return of Spyro or return of Crash Bandicoot again after we just got a great one. Again, Our not stone. my game, but a lot of people. A, a return to the old days of World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Our the craft. return of StarCraft that has been people couldn't believe it when Blizzard killed off StarCraft. That is still being played to this day in droves in Korea, is still one of the biggest games. Crime. True crime. All these titles that have been left by Activision Blizzard because they had to solely focus on the investment side of things, making sure that they yep. were making money on every single IP, and then they figured out what their couple biggest IP were in Overwatch, World of Warcraft, Diablo, and of course, Call of Duty. Making sure that those games were all that they were focused on for the past five, eight, ten years now letting all these other IPs go to waste bad for the players on bad for the players that game pass is expanding and is an easy, cheap access point for a lot of people who don't have the money to go out and buy every single game. Like you might gives the ability to budget themselves in like I do and have offerings of over 400 plus titles that that is going to grow. That's a bad thing that you're going to be able to access those games like in, in countries like in South America where TVs, PCs are ultra expensive due to taxing that a lot of people play on tablets and phones. Yep. They're going to have access to these games. No, is it going to be the same that we can do on our console? No, but that's not their fault. It's a situation they're in. It's right. their living conditions. Those people are going to have access to the same games we do. Because Microsoft is investing billions of dollars in infrastructure. To do it. Yep. To do this. And yes, the business side is there. This is a money-making industry. It has to be. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here talking about it. There is business to this. But what company right now is pushing that industry forward more than any other company? All of these companies have a part to play in that future. Yeah. But what company is out ahead leading in accessibility right now? Microsoft. They didn't have to do that. They could have been playing the old game. They could be solely focused on consoles right now. And you know what? If they were solely focused on consoles, guarantee you they'd be making this purchase, locking it down to a console only and saying F you to PC, F you to mobile, F you to Sony, F you to Nintendo, F you to everybody and saying, come over to Xbox. If you want to play that old game, that's the game that Sony in a lot of ways is still playing. And we see what Nintendo do is doing. Respect yeah, that hustle. Yeah. But you see what Nintendo's doing, right? They built their fan base. Good on them. Respect the hustle, but they repackage old games and sell right. them for the full price again. Yep. Look, this industry, this hobby is expensive. Microsoft yeah. is making it a lot easier yeah. right now. 100%. A lot easier. And guess what? These moves are forcing Sony to start thinking about their own processes. And we're going to finally get some kind of subscription service out of them. Now, we don't know what the value is going to be. We don't know if it's going to be the same. 
right. probably not. We, we, we've talked about that before, but it's moving them in a new direction as well. It's opening them up to put their games on PC so more people have the chance to enjoy those Sony sure. home runs, right? That's what competition is about. Yep. That's what this move is. Again, is it a strong arm move? Yeah. Does Xbox does Xbox gain an advantage by that? Absolutely. Yeah. But that's business. That is business, Colin. And you know this. Sony's been doing it for a long time in other ways. With no and problem. You know that as well. And again, I will say that the people that throw out the exclusivity that Sony has purchased, it's a valid point. However, when we are talking about an Activision Blizzard, we are talking about a different stratosphere. Okay, we are talking if they were to lock down Call of Duty as an exclusive, it's a different stratosphere. Okay, because because Microsoft can pull that kind of money around. Right. Because they can go ahead and throw that money around. It is a different level compared to Sony. But Sony's been doing what they do. They've been locking down exclusives. They've been taking away games from players. And guess what? They don't even have the ability like Xbox does for you to go play it on a mobile phone, phone or a tablet or your TV without anything without having the console. They don't have that ability until recently they weren't even doing PC releases, right? Yep. So they were locking it down even more than Xbox would. And Xbox has closer relationship to PC than anybody Correct. else would. Correct. <laughs> so again, this type of wording that you're using, and again, it's not just Colin. I've seen other people that have been around in this industry throw up red flags, say, yeah. hey, hey, this is bad news. A lot of people. This is bullying. Mm-hmm. This is bullying. This is monopolizing. All this kind of stuff. All of you need to take a step back. You need to look at this really with an intellectual level at where we are at right now in 2022, not the doomsday scenario that, again, realistically will never happen. And you need to get rid of whatever biases you do have and look at it from the standpoint that Microsoft is coming in. Listen, if Activision Blizzard was not sold to Microsoft, who else was going to buy them? I've seen that thrown around a lot too, Steel. Well, somebody else could have come bought them. Somebody else, not 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 a major player like Microsoft or Sony. Somebody else could have bought Name off the companies that could afford $70 billion cash. Name them. And, Amazon. And, and would have did right by the gamer. Right. right. Amazon, Google, Facebook, Tencent. That's about it. Which one of those would you rather have than Microsoft? Come on. Again, step back. Number two, had that not happened, let's say nobody came by Activision Blizzard. Bobby Kotek has come out in interviews. And again, dude is a snake. Dude is an awful human being. But not everything he says is lies. When he comes out and talks about that they could not see a way forward into the future with their current plans, with their business plan, especially with streaming, uh, you know, subscription services becoming so relevant, all this kind of stuff happening down the road that we've already started here now he said they could not see a path forward again they were collapsing under the weight of call of duty they were pressured to make a call of duty every single year to satisfy their investors to make sure the stock price was going they wasted all of this resource all these resources okay devs money time all of it yes call of duty is extremely profitable but it had to be better and better every year and we saw the decline of Call of Duty. Still number one selling on both consoles this year, but we saw the decline. Nobody talks about Call of Duty the way they used to. The decline is happening. They eventually would have been rotted out. They would eventually collapse upon their own weight 
And then what happens? All those devs, 10,000 people lose their jobs, are out looking. Those IP get auctioned off to the highest bidder. Who's going to be the highest bidder? It happens. Now Microsoft comes in, saves the company. Will there be some people that lose their jobs? Potentially there's some crossover that happens with mergers and acquisitions. However, but we've seen with ZeniMax, we've seen with all these other major purchases, Microsoft tries to save as many jobs as possible. And in fact, grow it. Bill has talked about going and getting more resources for these dev teams to build these old IPs. You don't think tomorrow, if they are not once, well, I should say once the acquisition is closed, Bill comes out and says, guess what? We're bringing back StarCraft. All those devs that left their baby behind, you don't think they're not going to be fighting and scrambling to come back to Blizzard and work on their baby again? Exactly Absolutely, what's going to happen. they're going to do. Bill is going to rebuild this, save jobs, make, pe- make sure people are secure, clean house so that they have a fantastic environment to work in. That's what they're doing with this company. So all of this talk, all of this negativity, all of this BS that's being thrown out right now by some very intelligent people, some people who should know better. Again, all of you need to step back. You can't get rid of whatever extra is there that's causing you to use this very inflammatory language, right? this very doom and gloom, pessimistic style that you have going on out there. I don't say I'm not sitting here saying that you have to celebrate and say Xbox is your savior. I'm not saying that at all. Right. But have an intelligent point of view. Do not go down that road of saying this is the worst thing that could have ever happened because it's not. It's one of the best things that could have ever happened specific to this situation with this company. This is one of the, if not the best outcome you could have hoped for at the end of the day. And it's happening right now. And all you internet lawyers out there who think you know all this stuff about antitrust and monopoly, yeah, this is going to be the most scrutinized deal in the history of video games by far. Mm -hmm. This administration is overhauling the DOJ. Mm -hmm. And we won't get into the politics side of things. But again, this is a fact. This this administration is overhauling the DOJ. The DOJ is going back and reviewing all of their previous uh, all the previous deals that they accepted, and they're going to try to find out if there was problems with those deals. They are looking hard at the tech industry right now. So this deal is going to be scrutinized. You know why? Yeah. Because it's Microsoft. Right. But Microsoft actually has been under the radar. I mean, right? they, they compared always to Facebook, <laughs> Compared to Facebook and Google and, and all are. these companies now, they have now been underneath the radar. They're going to pop back up on the radar with this one. Oh, but yeah. Microsoft, again, if there's a company that knows how to deal with the DOJ, it's them. And, and and $1000 hour attorneys some of the best in the world it's, it's this them. this company this deal is yep. going to go through now, there worse. might be concessions now there might be concessions and again we'll talk about that a little bit when we talk about call of duty exclusivity and that kind of stuff i'm saying don't be surprised if there's concessions made because microsoft is going to get this deal to go through because again don't forget if this deal doesn't go through they have to pay activision 3 billion dollars 3 billion dollars if this deal does not go through and microsoft they're pretty confident that. They're going to make it happen. Okay. But for all the internet lawyers out there, stop. You guys don't know anything. Yes. This is going to be the most scrutinized. Yes. There could be some hiccups in the road. Yes. 
there could be some very valid questions that are raised here about certain issues, especially the stuff that's going on with Activision Blizzard that Microsoft is going to have to answer for. And they are, I think they are prepared. They never would have done this. This deal was supposedly, this deal was supposedly done within a matter of two months. Yeah, a couple months. Yo, yo, (laughs) yo. This kind of deal being done in two months tells you how bad both sides want it. They're going to make this happen. Okay. Uh, we heard from Tim Dog and others that they were working over Christmas, which they never do. That obviously that was this deal that was getting done. Um, but all the internet lawyers, step back, step away, get some help. If you think that you're 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 saying something smart on the internet, you are not. You are not saying anything smart. Okay. You you are simply just spouting off at the mouth because that's what you intend to do because you want the attention. Stop. Okay. Again, this is the best case scenario. That's my rant steal. Please, Colin, if you ever listen to this podcast, man, again, much respect for you. Again, I listened to you for a very long time on a lot of different topics. You have some very, uh, very uh, deeply held beliefs and philosophy, and I appreciate that, and I can respect that. And you generally will talk uh, and have a discussion with some very nuanced intelligence. But this time around... Again, this is one of those times where I think your emotions get the better of you. And I think that you're speaking about something that in the realm of reality is not going to happen. And these kind of this, the line influence using those terms, using coming out and saying it's bad for creative, bad for dev, bad for players. No, it's not. We've seen devs flourish. We've, we're seeing devs right now flourish under Embracer Group, who mm-hmm. has over 90 studios, almost 300 IP, and have gone out and been gobbling up everybody. They just... Got the Time Splitters IP, which yep. us old dogs have been asking for for decades. They went out and bought the IP, and what did they do? They went out and got some of the original devs to come back to work on it. That's not hurting devs. That's not hurting players. That's not hurting creativity. List goes on and on. Sony has made their own purchases, and devs have flourished. Naughty Dog has flourished underneath Sony, right? All these teams under Sony have flourished. Sony has allowed them to grow. Those were purchases. Those weren't organic startups, okay? Right. So again, let's take a step back, cool off. That's my rant steal. Go ahead. Where do you want to go next? This is huge. There's so many layers. Sorry to dominate the show, but no, I've been you're on good. This all you week. You didn't dominate yeah. the show. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, just, you're just deep dove it a bit. I mean, I, again, I mean... <laughs> This brings out a lot of passion just because, at least for me personally, um, there's always this stigma against one side versus the other side, which has always been my problem because I've never looked at it that way. Um, I never looked at it, oh, it's like, oh, Microsoft versus Sony or uh, Sega versus Nintendo or PlayStation versus Nintendo or, uh, you know, things to that nature. I've never looked at these things, but it's the reality of the situation because it's competition. You're in the gaming space. You gotta, you gotta give people the reason to want to invest in your ecosystem, which is the biggest reason why I've always invested into Microsoft is because that's what they have always believed in their ecosystem. How do we keep someone invested in what we have going on? This is part of that. Um, I actually wanted to bring up an article because I brought this up. Uh, this came out January 18th, so I think it was either the same day or a couple day, or a day after um, the news was dropped, and it's from Digital Trends. The reason I wanted to bring this article up is because when people look up this information, this is the, these are the kind of articles that your typical consumer is going to end up finding. 
the reason I wanted to bring this up because also like you kind of stated on where um and I wasn't I also want to touch on some of those points uh whereas I'll start with the whole line influence thing that is just now you're just reach you're reaching you're reaching for ammo where there wasn't any um you're playing off of Microsoft's old kind of issues that they've had and have been able to work through coming off saying hey this is this is going to be bad for the industry everything that you stated right there paul um saying that affects affects creativity um saying that there's nothing but negatives that come from this like you're some fortune teller or whatever the case might be is not accurate information to be given to people now i understand that a lot of people don't like capitalist uh, capitalistic systems and things to that nature but again in gaming Activision being the basic biggest example to see them have a unsurmountable amount of IP that they have to their side that they could use and pull out at any time and will do numbers to them solely being focused on Hall of Duty. I think it's personally embarrassing to Activision. Because like you like we kind of touched on earlier, Paul, Activision goes back to your younger years, my childhood. They were known for a lot more than just Call of Duty. Now it's Call of Duty. And, and that's so messed up to me. Because again, like you also touched on, they have brought so many devs who'd work on other titles who are, would rather more than likely do other things, but of course they want to keep a job. So, and as, as jobs go and you want to stay within the industry, you're going to make sacrifices and work on games that you may have not necessarily wanted to work on to make sure that you can still make that paycheck and make sure that your family is going to be okay and that you can work in an, in an environment that you somewhat enjoy. Because that's why you're in it in the first place, right? I'd imagine. Now that might not be the case for any for everybody, but it's one of those things to where this has nothing but positives, at least in my opinion, that can happen, especially with the play that Microsoft is obviously showing to people, giving you value, giving you accessibility, giving you options. Um, again, people say Monopoly, but Microsoft is the only place, Xbox is the only place where you can play on multiple devices other than your single console. Because keep in mind, your competitor is still trying to figure out whether com- coming to PC is worth it or not. Because most of their majority thinks that coming to PC affects their console some way. Or coming to other platforms affects their console some way. But they want AAA games. They want these high-budget, best storytelling games that you've ever experienced in your lifetime but don't want these companies to make more money off of things that make sense. But no, when you look at, when you look at Microsoft, it's a problem. Oh, big, bad Microsoft. They're just throwing their money around. That's all they know how to do. Sony has done the exact same thing. They have bought and have grown. What do you think Microsoft is doing? Oh, they're just going to buy them, then they just magically make good games? No, that's not the way this works. You have to buy, spend time, take them out to dinner, make sure everything is good to go, especially with this Activision deal. Microsoft is going to be under more scrutiny than ever because if things don't change, guess who it's going to affect? 
Microsoft's stock. This move by itself affected Sony in a major way, whether you want to believe it or not. $20 billion on twenty uh, $20 billion hit on your stock? That's pretty major, especially for a company that has a worth of right around $150 billion in Sony. Right around that area, give or take. Correct me if I'm wrong. Microsoft spent half of Sony's worth to let their consumer know. That's the angle that I'm always going to come from. To let their consumer know that they are a 100% invested into gaming. That you can have faith when you buy an Xbox console or when you buy into the Xbox ecosystem that you are taken care of. Your, your games come forward, your saves come forward. Um, you can play on whatever device that you have. And that's only going to get better over time. How great would it, how great is, how great is that? To have more accessibility than you could ever have, have imagined. Instead of hugging, hold, hold, hold it, like hauling around your console all over the place, just whip out the laptop, whip out your phone. There's other devices that hook directly up to your, to your uh, device nowadays. They're turning into a little mini switch or a mini handheld device, whatever you want to call it. And reaching markets that otherwise wouldn't have been able to get tapped into. Again, the vision is 3 billion gamers, right? This is part of that. Activision, Blizzard. Blizzard is mainly for the PC side, for sure. Sure, are they going to start bringing those games to console also, start working on doing those things? Sure, it's the same thing they've done with everything else. Age of Empires is coming to console. So, of course, you got to bring those RTSs back. Bring StarCraft back. Sure. Phil was looking for IP that was family-friendly. Guess what? You got that now. 100%. In two of the most representative, well, represented IPs to exist within the last 30 years. Crash Bandicoot and Spyro up there with Mario, Sonic, and whoever else that you, Zelda, Link, whoever else that you want to come up with. They're right up there. Where kids can acknowledge them and kind of have an idea of who these people are or family friendly, right? And if for people to have this feeling that, oh, Big Bad Microsoft is going to just make it make things worse is asinine to me. You are really being intellectually dishonest. When Microsoft is the only company right now that is fostering dev talent. Sure, Sony is too. 100%. They make great games. Sure. You also have to wait for those games. Sony also doesn't have the same turnover rate that Microsoft will have and that Sony could have. Now, especially after this deal, because what what I believe is going to end up happening before I get into these articles and things is that this deal is going to make Sony look at how can we do things differently? This deal affects us because Microsoft could do whatever they want at this point. Sure. Are they going to play Kumbaya with some of it? I do believe that Call of Duty overall may stay multi-platform. 100%. Why? Not just a safe face. That's the only reason why I think that would happen. 
Because other than that, you're going to be competing with yourself. Microsoft was already known for the first person is the first person shooter box, the shooter box overall, honestly. So now what are you going to compete? Have Call of Duty compete with your Halo? Are you going to have Call of Duty compete with whatever other uh, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls, any of your first per, uh, other first person titles? You going to throw that in the mix too? Yeah, we could. And they would figure it out. They time it right. Make sure everything is on it. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, they could, definitely could. But kind of what Pong, like what Pong you were speaking to, is that I think the biggest concession would be that to keep it multiplat. Why? Because everything else is going to be completely exclusive. Completely. If you think that the next Crash, Spyro, let me go down the list real quick. The next Guitar Hero, the next uh, Hearthstone, the next Heroes of the Storm, StarCraft, um, Candy Crush, uh, <laughs> um, World of Coming Warcraft, Xbox soon. Tony Hawk, <laughs> exactly, Space Quest, Soldiers of Fortune, Singularity, um, Prototype, Overwatch, um, again, True Crime, Tenchu. Activision does Tenchu. Oh man, now we got some we got some further no. vision there. No, 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 no. Am I speaking wrong? Sold the, yeah, yeah. They had the old they had the games originally. Back However, in the day. they sold the IP to From. I okay. confirm that. I thought they had licensed because Sekiro See, that's what started I thought too. as okay. a Sekiro started as a Tenchu game. Um, they were going to do a Tenchu game. They and I thought that Activision had licensed it to them. They mm-hmm. actually sold the IP to From. Okay, okay, okay. Per- yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. So, correction. No, yeah. they don't have that. You say, ah, we'll get that out. We still need to work on the Japanese side of things and get that. I was all excited for that, too. I brought that up on Boom Show on Tuesday, and then somebody in the chat brought it up and said, I think Amazing. they sold that to From. So, I went and did some research. Appreciate appreciate that, then. Yeah, so yep. 100%. I was going to say that that gets me real excited because yeah. that was one of the oh, things yeah. oh, that yeah. I do remember when I was like, ah. but I appreciate you correcting me on that. So, no, there's no yep. tension. We still need to work on that. But as far as everything else that I said, that I sat here and stated for you all, Everything else is going to be 100% exclusive to wherever you can have Game Pass at. Now, I do. I have seen some people, oh, do you think Game Pass is going to come to PlayStation now with this type of deal being done? No, I don't. PlayStation isn't, isn't going to let that happen. Why? Because it's competition at the end of the day. If you let that happen, any form of Game Pass on PlayStation tells your consumer that Microsoft was right. Now, regardless, you're going to prove Microsoft right because you're putting out a similar type service. Regardless. And as even as Phil stated, he feels like them looking into that is the right move because of how your consumer is. You can't tell people spending $70 on games is better than spending $10 to $15. To get a slew of games, especially when they're coming in day and date. You can't argue. You can't argue that point. Sure, if you play one game a year, I can understand why that's a problem. I can understand that. But nobody just plays one game a year. Your typical consumer doesn't just play one game a year. Even if you just want to say it's Call of Duty or whatever the case. And even if we just leave it at that, the biggest reason I don't feel like they have to make it multi, uh, make it exclusive to, to their single ecosystem is just because why? Keep the people invested. Just bring out better titles. Say, hey, we're not doing Call of Duty every year anymore. So that's a loss, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Now you're only going to get Call of Duty every two to three years. And we're going to expand on it. We're going to make Warzone better. We're going to make the multiplayer better. Maybe they put out a free-to-play multiplayer, kind of like Halo or something like that, where everybody has access to it. 
again, I mean, I can see the argument of story modes and everything being equal, uh, exclusive to the ecosystem, but even then, what's the point for what? Sure. There is an argument to be made that would take a lot from Sony, but again, Microsoft has made the point, well, more so Phil Spencer, who is the ga- the head of gaming at Microsoft, now with that official title, has even blatantly said, we, don't, we are not trying to get rid of Sony. We want Sony to be in part of the ecosystem. Why? Because even Phil understands, as a gamer, you need healthy competition. You need some kind of motivation. Because once you don't, Again, like you see with your cable companies, you see with your internet companies, you see with your phone companies, you see what the prices start looking like. You see what you have to do, the kind of deals you got to kind of cut to really get that. You don't mean you are so bothered by services, but don't mind paying monthly for your new phone. And then you re up that you never get out of that because most people, not myself, most people, they go through their two year contract and then you get another new phone. You're never out of the cycle. You're still paying $30 to $50 a month for a phone. That doesn't have to be upgraded every, every year or every other year at that fact. But it's a problem when it comes into gaming. And the other thing, too, is the reason I'm going to tell people get some help is because if the shoe was on the other foot, this conversation would not be happening. People would be telling you that it only makes sense for Sony to make the game exclusive to their ecosystem. Why? Because it's good for business. Because it's going to sell consoles. I know that for a fact. Why? Because of brand loyalty. Sony has that in droves. Has had that since they started making hardware. It's a fact. You don't sell 140 million consoles without brand loyalty. You don't go make a million more console PlayStation 4s if it wasn't for brand loyalty. How many times I've been told in the past, oh yeah, I'm playing my sports game on PlayStation because it looks better. Quote unquote. Then when you play with them on the Xbox, they don't know the difference. Oh. Oh, I'm playing on PlayStation because that's this. Uh, I'm familiar with PlayStation. I've always had a PlayStation. That's a real thing. Why do you think Jordan sells the way that it does? Brand loyalty. Nike. The reason. Again, like you have to think about it from the consumer's perspective. What is going to benefit them? It's hard. It's so easy to sit in my own mentality and be like, ah, this, this, this makes more sense. Oh, yeah, I think, I think this should happen because of these reasons. Yeah, I can sit here and easily tell you whatever. It's more difficult to come at an average consumer perspective because we're so invested in the ecosystem, right? Not a lot of us talk to people who may be familiar with this or whatever the case may be. And that makes it, it makes a, an excellent difference. Well, it makes an obvious difference, I should say, which is why I say you have to take that RTS view, pull yourself out of the world and look at the dark places and see what else is going on within the industry overall to realize that this is still only 10% of your entire industry, even with this acquisition. But because of the money spent, that's the problem. Oh, it's Activision. That's the problem. When they haven't put out good games, I know that's subjective to the player, 
They haven't had diversity. They haven't had a chance to really do anything else than make Call of Duty because Activision was going under, whether you want to believe it or not. And I'll show you, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say that to you with this article here. So there's one that I pulled from uh, Digital Trends, and then there's another one that I, that I pulled from VentureBeat. VentureBeat was, was one of the better ones because Jeff Grubb made an excellent point um, because this kind of ties into what I was just saying about Activision tapped out Call of Duty and didn't know what to do next. So Activision's biggest, biggest problem is that it had no obvious vector for growth. Over the course of the pandemic, Activision's revenue grew and the publisher responded by reinvesting into Call of Duty. Wow, how creative. That continued a trend where instead of a single annual Call of Duty product launch, the publisher peeled out parts of the product into a free-to-play battle royale shooter and mobile version. That's, by the way, it, it is pretty successful. Doing really well. All these parts are successful, but they are also likely encountering an upward climb in terms of growth. The pandemic is seeing occasional stutters and gaming can no longer rely on people stuck at home to turn in their consoles and phones. So the only way to truly ensure bigger return for Call of Duty is to put a lot of development and effort into improving the games. This is the biggest problem for Activision. The industry is flush with cash for senior developers that want to leave to join other studios or start their own. That talent is often choosing to skip over Activision and its headline, attracting toxic work environment. It is difficult to make bigger games, bigger and better games, every year with fewer and less experienced developers. You already have all the scrutiny. It's been going on for years. You're having a trouble hosting the talent and keeping them in-house. Again, I heard a dev just recently talk about, shout out to Gaming 14 and uh, Slow Mo Backslap, say that um, he had a dev, and I can't think of his name right now, sorry, but he was basically saying that having active Activision on your resume is like one of the biggest boxes you could ever check mark. You can ever have check marked on your uh, on your resume ever. That means you could deal with and do anything. That shows you the credibility that Activision had, the depth, the the broad stroke that Activision has within the gaming industry. All right. So then he goes on, then they go on to say, this is where Activision traditionally would have turned to Blizzard to fill in the gap, but it is facing a potentially grimmer future. World of Warcraft, the once dominant massively multiplayer online game, is bleeding subscribers with no end in sight. A similar exodus of talent due to equally hostile work environment, reportedly, has forced Blizzard to delay the release of Diablo Immortal, Diablo 4, and Overwatch 2. that doesn't speak good things especially with everything that has been going on we're in this we're in a world now where the types of things that they had going on and let's just say again there's not the only place it's just the most apparent and most obvious and has a lot of other things working on working for them in the background that is working against them their shares crashed activision has crashed and Microsoft coming in to 
quote unquote save them. I think it was the best scenario in order to house this talent, to get the IP to move forward. Again, like you spoke to Pong, Phil Spencer was excited as a gamer at the IP that comes with this deal. This is bigger than Call of Duty for me. That itself tells me it's bigger than Call of Duty. That they don't care about what happens with Call of Duty. That That is the concession that's going to be made. That's what it tells me. And mark this on your calendar. I'm telling you now that it will continue to be multi-platform to save face. If something else happens, hey, I was wrong, and Microsoft has a bigger play at hand. Microsoft just, took was, a lot of heat, just took a lot of heat in the Xbox Two podcast yesterday for saying that, Steel. Hey, look, <laughs> you take it for take it for what you want. Call of Duty will make plenty of money on its own. Can it survive being on one ecosystem? Yeah, you got plenty of options to play that way. But business-wise, when I'm thinking from a business side of it, it's not something that's a necessity. You got something you want to tie in there? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here since we're on the exclusivity thing. Let's do this. I, I think more than likely that they do follow suit uh, with the same roadmap they did with Zenimax that once the contracts run out, they do lock down Call of Duty outside of Warzone. Warzone will remain multi-plat. Okay, that's going to be your multi-plat moneymaker. I think that it's more than likely. I think that's your biggest percent chance. Right. However, Spoke on this last night on Xbox Infinite. Shout out to Risk It for the Biscuit and the guys over there. Um, Umbra, who's in the chat right now. Um, great show last night with them. I was I was on I, I was taking your stand steal last night just as a counterpoint because I do think that there is a possibility that Microsoft Phil looks at Call of Duty the same way they view Minecraft as a platform. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, now, again, before anybody shouts from the rooftops, yes, I know the Minecraft deal had contractual language that kept it that that said they would keep it this across all platforms. However, I do believe that even without that language, that there was a chance they they would have done that with Minecraft because it is a living platform, and you can look at Call of Duty that way. Now, if they move to a which I believe they will do. I don't think Call of Duty will be yearly anymore. I think they're going to give Call of Duty a break. I think it goes to a two to three year cycle. Um, I think that they keep Infinity Ward and Treyarch um, making Call of Duty yes. games. And I, I think they break be. off. I, yeah, and I think they break off the rest of the devs. Now they will have to keep one of the devs uh, on as support for Warzone because you're going to have to continuously yes. update Warzone, right? So there's going to be a third one involved in that. But I think Infinity Ward and Treyarch stay on as your main two Call of Duty mainline game uh, producers. I think you go to a two to three year cycle between those two. I think that works out perfect. I think most people will agree. Even the diehard Call of Duty fans will agree that a yearly is not optimum for this game it needs a break it needs to be polished it needs to come out in much better condition than it has been for a while so at that point then call of duty is no longer as important for activision it was basically everything outside exactly. of world warcraft exactly right? it was and and candy crush on the king side of thing it was everything to them so they had to do the year <laughs> for microsoft that's not the case they don't right. need to do that so then like you said steel they've got these other dev teams start working on other ip all that kind of stuff, right? So there's a lot to this. I do think that the Call of Duty, and, and I've, you know, I, people were arguing with me last night, and again, it's a good discussion to have. Right. 
this deal through the regulatory commission being the most, it's going to be one of the, if not the most investigated gaming deal of all time. Yeah, 100%. And with the DOJ, the new administration changing the rules, looking at deals differently, they could set a precedence for this. Now, again, I understand the DOJ in under normal circumstances would never be concerned about one franchise like Call of Duty. Okay, mm-hmm. I understand that. It's an IP. And under normal circumstances, the DOJ would not say, hey, you have to agree as a concession to make Call of Duty multi-platform. Mm-hmm. I understand that that's the likelihood is that that's going to be the case. However, I think that there is a potential chance if they set this as an example, that one of the concessions is that Call of Duty does stay multi-platform. Um, so for me, it could be a forced issue. However, Phil's quote from yesterday, the tweet that he put out, which was actually the attorneys putting out a tweet. Let's be Mm -hmm. real. The thousand dollar hour attorneys are the ones who worded that tweet. That was not Phil just off the cuff. Okay. They can't do that right now. He's at too high of a level to just be rain and make random tweets with this type of acquisition. Every single that, that tweet goes into a file. Right. That goes into a file of DOJ. So the wording allows for a lot of play. You can read however you want to read into it. Okay. The words that were used, the desire to keep call of duty that leaves a lot of place. So whichever decision they make, they're not locked into place. If a concession comes out from, from the DOJ that they have to keep it multi-plat, that tweet does not you know, become a problem. There's a lot of play within that tweet. Um, I just think that there is a possibility what you were saying is right steel. And I understand everybody out there. Again, if I was Phil, I would be cutthroat. Okay, if I was Phil, we're locking it down. Okay, this is it. Okay, so again, this is not me personally speaking. I'm taking the bigger view. I'm taking a look at ever the things like Steele talks about that RTS view and kind of looking at the shape of the industry, the world, and where Microsoft is trying to get to. I think Call of Duty might be one of those games they consider a platform and they just keep it multi-plat and move on because the other IP is all getting locked down. All the other IP yeah, is getting 100%, locked down. 100%. You're not seeing and those. Call, and Call of Duty to Microsoft at the end of the day is not, yes, Warzone is going to be your moneymaker. Warzone is going to be your breadwinner. Call of Duty is not going to be a key. It's not going to be as big of a key as it was to Activision because Microsoft has so much else out this there. Other Call of Duty is a yep. big key but it's not the key so i don't think that they look at it as a big loss if they keep it multi-plat and it can still drive people to game pass however again if you had to ask me right now warzone stays multi-plat mainline call of duty is exclusive they push people to game pass through that and they say too bad so sad this is the way it is yeah that's my that's my ultimate decision right now i'm just saying everybody don't be surprised if it goes another way steel could be absolutely right in this so and and again the biggest reason i say that is because what do we always say here accessibility the fact that you can pay 10 to 15 dollars for a game that is guaranteed in your service you've seen it with mlb on playstation you had to pay 70 dollars for that game on xbox you pay 10 to 15 bucks for it yeah, and I, I think that's why you neither you nor I would ever say that we care one way or the other if it actually does get locked down or if it stays multi-plat because no matter what, we're getting Game Pass day and day. You're, it benefits me regardless. Yeah, regardless, I'm getting a Game Pass. And, I, I, and I think that is going to be the same way that Microsoft sees it. Not only that, 
But another great point, and I, I've heard other people bring this up, and it's another major thing that I thought about when I first heard this, is this could be a play to tell PlayStation to bring down their goddamn cross-play charge right. that they keep tacking on to everything that they do because whether you believe it or not, they don't want it. They don't want it. Sure, is it in there? But they're charging people for it. Ridiculous amount for it. And now this puts the keys in Microsoft's pocket to say, look, you want this to continue to be this deal? You got to come off of this cross, this, everything else, these, these cross-play charges that you want to tax everybody for. If this is what you want. That's another main key component. And then right there, you're saving on that end of it, having to pay out of pocket for that. And then also saving face by letting people know they can continue to enjoy Call of Duty the way they've been doing it, except you're going to pay full price on the opposing platform's console, ecosystem, whatever you want to call it, and here you will get it day in date in Game Pass. And you'll probably get benefits as well. There'll probably be extra. Exactly. And there's also, again, I understand why everybody just, and I understand why in this community with as much console warring as there has been and how much we see nonstop, you know, Sony side fanboys um, throw so much in the faces of people who like Xbox. I understand why it, it again, the, the main focus is nope, you just lock it down. It's exclusive. Absolutely. But if you really do break it down, there are so many layers to possible negotiation tactics that Xbox could use to keep this multi-plat. That again, I don't think Steele or I are just saying, unless it's a concession, unless it's part of the deal. Right. And again, Microsoft will agree to that if it is brought to them by the government. They will agree to, the, to, to that to get this deal through, right? That They would not let that stand in the way of this deal at the end of the day, because this is a bigger play. Phil said it's a long-term play. This is not short-term game. This is 10, 15, 20 years down the road play. Right. Okay. So they're not going to let that stop through. But if it's just simply, they don't have to make the concession, but at the end of the day, they keep it multi-plat. The negotiations that go on behind the scenes with Sony, the advantage that Xbox now has holding that IP, there's so many different avenues that they could negotiate with. Uh, like Steel was just talking about the cross, the, you know, the cross-platform uh, fees that 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 uh, Sony charges. Uh, Xbox could get a bigger piece of the sales pie from Sony. Um, Sony might have to give in and not take as much percentage-wise off of that. Also, Xbox gains the advantage in any type of deal that Sony will no longer have the marketing rights. That will be all Xbox. They can offer benefits to Game Pass people that exceed what may maybe even exceed people just staying over on Sony because that's what they've always done. Mm-hmm. Even if it's still there, people may still want to come over to game pass because of those benefits. Also, Already there. this takes away the ability, which I guarantee you Sony was thinking about with Spartacus coming. They were going to try to cut a deal for call of duty like to they, come into Spartacast. Like they've that been doing take, that is off the table. Microsoft has removed the ability of one of the major partners for Sony to cut deals that would help out Spartacus. They have already gained so much from doing this. It's unbelievable. No, yeah, hundred percent. Again, I mean, it's 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 all about it's all about the bigger play here. It's not just what's on the forefront. Like everybody keeps going right back to Call of Duty. Oh, they need to do this because it's Call of Duty. No, um, 
the other big key to this is Activision going to Microsoft and shopping it well and going to other people and shopping itself around to Microsoft being the only only place that had enough capital to make that investment and it to also make sense. Um, another part of this article that I want to bring in here is that um, where it says in here, it says it states that Activision Blizzard leadership and key ownership wanted to sell and was shopping itself around. In early November, the company brought that proposition to Microsoft. Xbox began working on the deal immediately, and the deals came together over the holidays. Now, the two companies have agreed on terms on an acquisition that will close by the end of Microsoft's fiscal 2023 uh, year in June of next year. Activision Blizzard was more, future was more uncertain than ever, not only because of investigations into the alleged civil rights violations at the studios, making massive blockbuster games was reaching an unsustainable level. Exactly what I said. Bobby Kotek has done, done interviews and stated that exact same thing. And again, he's not lying about that. He's being real. Again, dude's a liar, dude's a snake, but that part, he's not lying. Sony says it. the same thing which is why they're looking to make Spartacus, which is why they're looking to release games on PC. It is, Jim Ryan has come out and said, it has become too expensive to continue to make games the way that we have been making them. Which is I why am all not the games seeing, are cross-gen. Exactly. We are not seeing enough of a return for the amount of money that we're spending on this. This is why you did not get a Days Gone 2. Well, will not get a Days Gone 2. For that reason, and why they will re-release a released, remastered, re-whatever you want to call it. This is why they would do those things. And that is unfortunate. That is affecting the industry in a negative way. That is limiting creativity. Is it not? So which side is really is really negatively impacting gaming? Oh, but we don't want to have that conversation, right? It's just big bad Microsoft. It's not. It's never big bad Sony. Sony's always doing things right for the gamer, right? That's why you got hacked three times, right? That's why people have a hard time trusting, putting their personal information in their ecosystem, right? There's a bigger play here, and you see that when the stockholders. Back out, you lose $20 billion on your back end. Well, up front, I should say, more so than anything. It's not a good look. Now, again, Sony's not dead. This isn't isn't like, oh, all of a sudden, oh, Activision's with Microsoft and Sony's no longer going to exist anymore. No, that's not what's going to happen. Like I stated earlier, what this is going to do is make Sony look at what can we do to compete because that's what created this before this was an unprecedented move this was not expected nobody saw this coming again even us who are more invested than anybody else got our ears to the ground listening to everything looking at different rumors and everything we did not throw Activision as part of the mix Activision Blizzard excuse me as part of the mix we didn't And that in itself should tell you more than enough. One last point is 
There's people out here making articles, again, dooming and glooming and everything, saying that consolidation is bad for the industry, um, saying that for... This is coming from Digital Trends, and I wanted to bring this up because this this really fucked with me. It made me rack my head. Um, you can kind of give me your opinion on this poem before we move forward. But <laughs> from Digital Trends, they said uh, they released an article. Let me go back up. Um, called Microsoft's Activision Blizzard Purchases a Disaster for Gaming. Um, this was by Jesse Lennox, posted on January 18th of 2022. And in one of this, in one of the portions in this article, he says, for a company touting that it wants to let people play how and where they want, Microsoft should really add an asterisk that says, unless you're on PlayStation, because that's what this purchase could really mean. Between Activision Blizzard, Bethesda, and its own studios, Xbox has the biggest Western IPs exclusive to its platform now, with the main exception being EA games. He also goes on to say, it's becoming difficult for Sony to compete. It is more successful by all metrics than Xbox. Huh? <laughs> so you so you wrote this, reread it, and still thought, okay, my fault. And it passed and it passed the editor. And it passed the editor. Oh, okay. Um but it'll need to break out some blank checks if it wants to mitigate oh. more disaster. You mean that that like normal business when you're in when you're in a competitive industry? You mean like every other industry? <laughs> the end game seems dire. Say that Sony responds by buying up major Eastern publishers like Capcom, Sega, and Square Enix. That would further divide and stagnate the market. It's gross that Xbox can create a potentially oh, monopoly by buying studios and games <laughs> away from its competition. That's capitalism at its worst. See, there, there, there you go. Right. That's when that's when they show them. That's when they show their true face right there. That last statement is the true face. I can guarantee you. I can almost guarantee you with 100 percent certainty that if you sat that person down and had him talk about politics and economics, you would you would find out that he's against capitalism, right? That that's that's the true face right there. They hate it. They hate it with a passion. And obviously, Sony bias is included in that. He's making Sony out to be the little man in this industry when they happen to be one of the biggest in this industry. It just so happens that Sony Corp is not Microsoft Corp. That's all. That's the only difference. What's and what what makes it worse for me is this is what your consumers going to see. This is what they're going to get their right. information from. This Correct. is where people, not just us, because people get that real mixed up. Your opinion does not speak for the majority. The majority will believe this article. And that is why Microsoft yeah. has that. Why people have that thought process of Microsoft now. You're doing a disservice to your audience because it's things like this. I'm going to go on, and then I'm going to end it here. Microsoft's resurgence following the Xbox One's rough life cycle was born on a competition. Sony dominated Microsoft last generation thanks to the killer first-party games, and that forced Microsoft to adapt. Now, Microsoft doesn't have to worry about making its own games to compete with Sony because it's bought all the biggest IPs it could keep up. Game so they adapted, but you don't like how they adapted. Game Pass itself <laughs> is only such a good deal because it has to be. Expect the service price oh, to jump up very oh. soon now that it's not playing defense. 
Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Even fear mongering, <laughs> fear mongering. Oh God, you're gonna be paying a hundred dollars a month for Game Pass. Oh God. Even with this new mega Xbox, will there be room for another shooter to compete with Call of Duty? Why would Microsoft want to split its own sales? Microsoft would now risk stepping on its own toes if it's developed if it develops whatever he meant right there, because he wrote that. Um, if it's developers competing shooters, um, the more studios Microsoft acquires, the more fearful I become that it could limit its own creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. 100% still, this guy's got his finger on the pulse of the industry. Obviously, uh, he is neutral and has zero bias and um, is not doing clickbait at all. I mean, obviously, it's it's quite obvious. This guy's on the up and up. Look, <laughs> look, everything I just, I, everything I talked about in my rant, uh, Colin, this guy's basically writing again, doom and gloom, pessimism, the worst of the worst. This is all Microsoft. They're the big bad boys. They should go create their own studios, even though everybody in this industry, everybody knows the hardest resource to find in this industry right now is talent. But Microsoft should just go create new studios out of thin air and wait eight years for those guys to come around and be able to have their first IP out from the time that they start growing their studio to the time they can make a game six to eight years. Oh, and then what would be here? Then what we would be hearing? Microsoft has no games. Xbox got no games. What are they doing over there? Bro? Look, that's what Sony does. And we still haven't got factions yet. Yeah. These guys are frauds. These guys are all frauds. This is all nonsense. They're doing a disservice to the audience. I can't believe they put these words down to paper uh, and believe them. This is not the way business is done. This is not the way the industry is. When Sony started and Nintendo started, you could do that stuff. When Sega was still around, you could build from the ground up because the industry was not the way it is right now. Exactly. Right now, everybody is gobbling up talent. Over 2,000 companies are involved with this industry creating games. 2,000 companies are fighting for the same people. Yep. And you're going to tell me, yeah, just grow, grow it. They just grew one in the initiative. And people are complaining about how long it's taking for that. They're growing Ninja Theory. They're growing Ninja Theory. They're growing all of their devs. I just said, but you have to start somewhere. And all of a sudden, you want them to adapt. They adapt. They go out. Microsoft comes behind them and says, hey, guess what? You guys are now an important part of our corporation. So guess what? You got access to the war chest. Oh, well, I didn't mean like that. I didn't want them to do that. No, you just wanted them to stay as the Xbox of old, where they were always on the brink of self-destruction, of collapsing. That's where you want to, them to stay. Just come out and say it. That's the, that when you, all those words you just read, Steel, that's what they really are saying. To the yes. Audience. We just wanted Microsoft to be the Microsoft of old. We wanted Xbox to be the Xbox of old. We didn't really, really want this type of competition. Get out of here with that nonsense. Get out of here. The Xbox is pushing the industry forward in so many ways. Why don't you write articles about that? How they are forcing Sony now to adapt and come forward with their technology and think about a subscription service, which is great for a lot of people as far as accessibility. Hence why Netflix is as big as it is. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. This is what the future holds. Whether we like it or not, the future is all digital at some point 20 years from now 30 years from now whenever that hits it's all digital celebrate the companies working towards that because without them we would be stuck in the stone age and we would have nintendo switch as an option for a console 
Yeah, and really, really legitimately think about that. Yeah. As well as, well as that's working for Nintendo, really think if that was the option for everything. You think that's, that, that's, that's great? That's successful? That's what's going to push our industry forward? No, it works for Nintendo. Doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody else, especially Correct. when a game costs $100 million to make. Those games that those AAA games that you want so bad that those are those are the games that push the industry forward. Because you don't believe in playing indie games. Hundred million dollars. You just want to pop up out of thin air. When people don't even spend people even in Nintendo's side of the fence, 30 million copies. How many people have a console? Can y'all not do basic? Can people not do basic math? Whether it's 80 million, 140 million, 200 million, 30 million units of your software was sold? Why do you think Windows is so successful? Because it's on 95% of the PCs that are on the market. It's undeniable. It works. There's a reason why people just don't download Linux. Hey, Vic and Nick's it's not Nintendo slander. Again, I respect the hustle. I just not I would I just would not be wanting to game only on a Switch. <laughs> said, okay? Nick said, hey, no Nintendo slander. They introduced yeah. Nintendo fans to something called Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, they're pushing the industry forward. They're, they are, yes. You're right. Oh, but, and again. Oh, it is what it is. I, that's I, I think I think that's pretty much that's pretty much all right on that. Um, again, this whole Activision Blizzard deal doesn't negatively impact gaming. I think that this does nothing but uh, positively influence the the stratosphere of anything. Um, and like anybody else has said, this impacts gaming on a completely different level. This deals on a whole different plane of existence. And if you can't see the bigger play. That's happening behind the scenes or as dev talent being being put in a better position, whether um, potential IPs that could be making their return. As far as just housing. Again, in an industry where dev talent only stays typically, I believe the typical dev cycle at this point, this day and age is less than five years. How would you go? How how would you like going into your job knowing that you're only gonna be there for five years? Some people like to stay in their companies for ten plus years. That's stability you can't find anywhere else, and that's the other thing the devs have talked about. Steel with Xbox, they have stability. They don't have to worry about it. Go listen. Go read and listen to Tim Schafer's comments as a guy who is working as an indie developer mm. making. Mm-mm making extremely some of the most creative titles out there, but titles that will never sell a large amount like a Call yep. of Duty ever, yep. right? But but art, right? Creating art that Steel always talk about. All games are art in some, fam, uh, some form or fashion. But we're talking about a guy who and his team who truly believed in the, the um, original idea behind video games in the first place. Um, and And again, bringing forward some of the most creative titles out there. Go listen to his comments. Go read his comments about what it has meant to him personally and to his team to have the stability that being underneath an Xbox has done. An Xbox who is completely hands-off 
allows his team to go do what they do best, and that is create games, brainstorm, sit around. Again, that's what Xbox right now, and could that change on a dime? Sure. Yeah. Could Satya and Phil leave and they put the wrong people in place yeah, and all of a sudden we've got, the Don, and we've got the Donnie D game, days all over again? God, please, God, don't let it happen. But could that happen? Absolutely, yeah. it could. But right now, what Xbox is bringing to so many devs is stability, knowing that they are going to have their bills paid, that they get to go do the job that they love, the way that they want to do it, with very little micromanagement from Microsoft or Xbox, and they get to go into work every day and know that their families are fed and that they are happy going to work and doing what they originally entered this industry, which was to have creative expression, that freedom. And they get to do that now. So again, all this nonsense. Again, if this, if this, is, if this was the Microsoft of old or the Xbox of old, and they were shutting down studios and they were buying up companies and firing all the devs and grabbing, right. gobbling up the I IP. Understand. Look, whole different conversation. At that they're point, not Google. Right? Yeah, they're not doing that. <laughs> co- yeah, exactly. They're not doing that stuff. Again, they're not maligned in any way, shape or form right now. They are the complete opposite of that. And uh, that's important to remember in all this. And that's where people get lost in the nonsense. And, 100%. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's awful. Um, awful, awful. I, I can't stand it. Yeah, uh, I think at this point the topic has been beat up. Um, now this is going to lead more credence to more acquisition talks being ha- happening for the rest of the year. Um, people deciding whether Call of Duty or not is going to be exclusive or not. I'm going to really try to limit that conversation. Um, at least here on Living Split Screen, because again, um, yeah, as it comes yeah, up, no. yeah, we'll definitely talk about it and whatever the case may be. But again, I, I feel like. I feel like we've we've attacked it from at least a different angle um, and also put it it put it in such a way to at least help people understand that. There's a lot more yeah. happening here, so there's a lot more. Happen- and I did I did want to add this. to you. I don't know. Are you are you pressed for time? No, go ahead. Be pressed for time. OK, um, I, I did want to add this as well and kind of bring this into discussion, too, because we've talked about it here steal so much and i and i and again a lot of the focus on the talk a lot of a lot of podcasts have done a great job kind of breaking this down um and expanding upon it outside of the call of duty effect right or the world of warcraft you know all that kind of stuff i did kind of want to get into this a little bit because people do forget right. that um this wasn't just about the console market this wasn't just about game pass um we we have heard from phil satya a lot of people about the two billion, three billion market. That includes the the mobile and PC side of things. Right. We heard that Phil Phil specifically came out last year and said coming into 2022, they were going to focus on the PC and mobile side of things. Right. But this deal, why this acquisition? And again, Call of Duty, we know the importance of it. We know the ripple effect, right. all that kind of stuff. But the importance of this deal is it knocked out all three pillars yep of xbox we've been speaking to yep console game pass x club pc and mobile why activision obviously console heavy call of duty blah 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 we know this the ip coming back all the stuff that phil talked about blizzard one of the biggest names in the pc market and again they have had a terrible time over the past five to eight years. They have they're bleeding World of Warcraft subscribers because Activision, uh, Bobby Kotick and his investing uh, investors 
were demanding that they put out, um, you know, expansions for World of Warcraft and forcing them out the door when they weren't that good. And the developers have talked about that openly. Um, and they've put out expansions that have been generally terrible. I don't play World of Warcraft. I played it in my past. But, you know, you listen to Jez and some of these people that are big World of Warcraft fans and they'll talk about it, that it's been awful right? Um, that it has not been good, that and they've been bleeding to uh, Final Fantasy 14. All their people are running over to Final Fantasy 14. Um, however, Battle.net. they still have, they still have the Battle.net, they still have the name World of Warcraft, they still have Diablo, they still have, <clears throat> still have uh, Overwatch. If Xbox can come in and clean house and create stability and tell these devs, look, what have you guys been doing recently that have caused these problems? Throw all that out the window. Go back revamp and figure out which how you want to move forward i can guarantee you there's a plan somewhere being developed for the next world of warcraft that was probably put on hold because there was no way that activision blizzard was going to fund that development oh yeah there was no way they weren't right so but i'm sure that it was in the works i'm sure there's plans that can all start up now the diablo 4 problems that we've heard about with, with with kind of development hell they can take a big sigh take a step back and know that they don't have a certain time frame or a cap on their resources, and they can fix Diablo 4 and bring it out when it's ready. They can do all this kind of stuff. That's your PC market. They can come out and say, we're starting StarCraft again. That's going to be huge worldwide, okay? That's going to be gigantic worldwide for the PC market. So you get your PC. Then you got King, and everybody's left King off this. People don't realize King, to this day, King is still bigger than Zynga, which... Take two just pe- spent $12 billion on yep. King is still the biggest mobile with candy crush. People don't realize it. Let me give you a few stats from candy crush in 2020 candy crush generated $1.19 billion. Continues to grow year over year. Making it the third highest grossing mobile game outside of China. It generated $857 million, a 15% increase year on year. Candy Crush is the sixth highest grossing mobile game of all time. $273 million people play Candy Crush once a month. Think about that freaking number. 273 million people play Candy Crush once a month. This is why this takes care of all three. I'm going to read. I'm going to read a quote too, real quick. Go ahead, do it. Um, from Games Industry, uh, they went around and interviewed a bunch of people about this deal. Uh, analysts from all over the title. This is GameIndustry.biz. You know, Steel and I love this site. It's a great aggregate. So yeah. they, they do great work. Uh, the deal that will change the industry forever. Um, and they had this uh, analyst. Um, her name is, hold on, I had to scroll up there. Uh, her name is Cos, Cosmos Hansen. She started Nico's, uh, Nico uh, and par, uh, Nico Partners. They okay, focus, yeah. their specialty, they're an analyst group, a uh, business development group, but they focus on Chinese, uh, the Chinese gaming industry and the Eastern market. That's, this is why I bring her in. There's a lot of great quotes in this article, but I'm bringing her specifically in. She speaks about this. Uh, she's uh, Nico's uh, Cosmos Han- Cosmos Hansen observes that expect the expected addition of Activision's Blizzard's various franchises to Game Pass will increase the subscription services value and further position as a key entry point into video games. Importantly, and this is quote, importantly, this deal includes the acquisition of King and several other other Activision owned mobile game studios. She adds mobile gaming is critical for Microsoft to reach 
the 3 billion gamers worldwide. Where have we heard this, Steel? Where have we heard this? The uh, combination, yeah. <laughs> right? The combination of high-definition console games for Xbox being available via cloud for mobile and other devices, plus Activision's dedicated mobile games development will support Microsoft's goal of platform, IP, and geographic expansion. Quote, both entities have a strong footprint in Asia, which is the largest region in the world for the gaming industry. We estimate it represents more than 60% of the global market revenue of PC and mobile games. Activision Blizzard has a stronger presence in Asia than Microsoft, perhaps because the latter has focused on the console and most of Asia favors PC and mobile. In addition, the Japanese console brands dominate console gaming in Asia. Acquisition allows for several pieces of the video game industry puzzle to fit together nicely on a global scale. Beautiful. Beautiful. Again, this is one of the best acquisitions for Microsoft's goals as a whole within the gaming industry. This is one of the best, if not the most perfect acquisition they could have ever made because it covers each one of the pillars that they've talked about. It expands their reach to that 2 billion, 3 billion goal that Satya and Phil have talked about. And if you listen to Satya's comments, uh, they did an internal conference call about this acquisition. It was Satya, it was Phil, it was uh, Bobby Kotick, and it was somebody else. Satya obviously led the conversation and he started out in that speech he talked about the global market multiple times. Interestingly enough, go read that speech or listen to it. He talks about entertainment content. He mentions gaming content specifically many times, but more times throughout that talk that he gives, he talks about entertainment comment, uh, content in, as a whole and reaching out to global audiences. Again, buckle up, people. Buckle up. Now, I think we can all agree they're going to be quiet for a while. There's not going to be any big publisher deals that we could see anytime soon. Okay. Right. We got to let this one settle. There's going to be some eyeballs raised if they go out and get another publisher. Not saying it's not out of the realm of possibility because, like Steele and I said, they're not even close to a monopoly yet. They could go do it. You know, Warner Brothers as a whole could be in play here. However, I'm just making these statements because at the end of the day, there's other analysts out there, not just people in this community, not just Satya and Phil talking about it. Other people are seeing what Microsoft is doing here. And this right. acquisition right here lends credence to that whole thing. Still, just not all the kind of stuff I said and talked about. You got anything to add to that? You, you know, you, you be on the same page. I, I'm, 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 I'm right there on yeah. that same page, man. I mean, again, just shows you the shows you the direction, man. I mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah, what think- we've been speaking to. Exactly. Think about think about still. Just let me add this real quick because yeah. I meant to do this when I was talking. Oh, you're good. Think about that. The 273 million people that touch Candy Crush once a month, right? Yeah. If they can, if if they get all of this figured out, this is going to be a big transition with this acquisition. But if they get all this figured out and they figure out how to roll the mobile market into Game Pass as well, <sighs> and they start, they figure out the key to unlock that casual market as we call it with a candy crush being offered and all of a sudden grandma, you know, or mom and dad or whoever's playing these candy crush games, the kids, whatever the case may be, look, they see candy crush and they're tapping the candy crush and all of a sudden they're logged into game pass or hey. they're logged into the ecosystem. They see all these other games available there on the mobile market and maybe 
Microsoft comes up, maybe my, I'm just throwing an idea. Maybe yeah. Microsoft comes up with Game Pass Mobile or just mobile type games, smaller experiences, mm-hmm. and don't, you know, they don't charge 15 bucks a month. They charge five bucks a month, eight bucks a month. 273 million people access Candy Crush. All of a sudden they're curious about Game Pass. All of a sudden they learn about Game Pass. All of a sudden they go, what's this Game Pass? Oh, oh. Oh, wait, over on, if I get a console, I can play all these games or no, I don't even need a console. I just need a controller and I can hook it up to my tablet that I'm playing Candy Crush on right now. And I can have access to these games. Mm-hmm. Think about how much growth there could be with that. The other thing too, is that I think people forget the reason why Candy Crush makes that kind of money is because they have, you got to pay for energy. Yep. So you can keep playing. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, Paul, yep. five to 10 bucks a month. You remove that necessity to keep buying energy. Yes, sir. You got an instant subscriber. Yep. Well, wow. Yep. Look at that bigger plate. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're referencing to. Those are the possibilities that, that can now happen. And how things like, I always, I throw it right back to Disney Plus. Disney Plus got 200 million subscribers out of nowhere. One of the newer parts of uh, streaming services on the market. They went from 50, they went from like 30, 50 million to 200 million almost in a span of three months, it seems like. Yep. Seems like. Yep. One, because of IP, but it just shows you what is po- what is possible. Possible. Yeah. The yeah. potential. For, for a metaverse, which I hate that. It's overused. It's being overused, but uh, Satya says it nonstop. Yeah. But that's but that's their ultimate plan. When, when some people think of metaverse, you think of virtual reality, right? Or you think of player one, right? You think of all these th- different things we've heard. I think in the grand scheme of things, when Microsoft says metaverse, when Satya is talking about it, they're just talking about the connectivity the, of yes. every single piece of connected content universe. That you, yeah, that you own all this content and you are able to access this content yes. no matter where you are or what device you are using that's and different. i think that's the ultimate goal and if they can figure this stuff out on a global scale like these people these we're in for a ride bro, bro we're in, in for, for one hell of a ride yep and that's what people are scared of honestly that's what people yeah. are scared of but are you scared because you're getting more options and your and your competitors no. aren't no, you're scared aren't going to give you your favorite options? brand yeah you're scared that's exactly what it that's exactly what it is how about we speak up more to let them know, hey, um, what are you going to do about this? How are you going to compete in this space now? How are you going to adapt if this is the play that ends up happening? We're not fortune tellers. We're just looking at what the information that we have available to us. Speculation town. And speculating. Looking exactly. out ahead, right? Crystal ball. That's all it is. Yeah. But just, just wait. You think people are... are <laughs> Think people are talking now, Steel. Just, just wait if uh, Microsoft makes the move into movies and TV. Just wait. Uh, hey, <laughs> and with this, another thing with this, with this type of yep. deal happening, yep. if again, I'll just throw the if out there, and this is a whole nother tunnel in itself, and people would be mad about I'm telling you, people would be upset the instant. That anything surrounding WB comes to yep. topic. If Batman becomes exclusive to Xbox, trust us, we're going to have the same conversation again because it's going to be an issue. 
that Spider-Man could be exclusive of one side and now Batman's exclusive of the other side. And competition. Competition is good. And and, and you're spot on steel with that. Nick's you're spot on. Fighters don't give up. They compete. That is correct, sir. I put out a tweet. I put out a tweet earlier in the week that the king does not abdicate his throne without a fight. Exactly. Sony is not going to bend the knee to Xbox just because they're tossing around $70 billion. They're going to come out swinging. They've got aces up their sleeves. It's not doom and gloom for Sony. Sony has things that they can do. It's never going to be one for one, but they have a place in this industry. Phil has already spoke on it. Phil does not want Sony to go away. Sony may have been trying to kill off Xbox like they killed off Sega. They may have been trying to do that because they have that mentality. Xbox doesn't have that mentality. The more players in this space, the better it is for Xbox. And that includes Sony. Everybody. That includes Sony. Now, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they We're want hand it Sony over. to <laughs> doesn't mean that they want Sony to be the, the leaders forever. Right. That's not what they, that's not what it's about. It's not like you know they don't want Sony down in second or third place, right? That that's that's the ultimate goal in business, but they do not want them to disappear off the face of the planet. That's not how they want that this to play out in any way, shape, or form. Right. So that that's not the end goal of any of this. Sony is going to be fine. Sony is going to come with some big home run news mm-hmm. coming up. Trust it's coming. Me, if that if that it's state coming. of play next month is real that we are hearing about, I expect it's them coming. to come selling hope like they did at E3 all those years ago. I expect them to come out with all those unannounced games that we've been hearing whispers about. I expect to hear about a bunch of them. And they're yeah. going to be some big franchises, some big names because they've been throwing around money to second and third party deals more so than we know about. So yeah. they're going to have some stuff up their sleeve to do. And oh, yeah. Spartacus can still be a force because they have instant access to over a oh, hundred million people that are in that ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it's again, Sony focuses on hardware only takes us one good R and D move, some research in the background for, to really pull through that could change the tide. And then boom, right there, we, we are getting exactly what we've asked for. Uh, Demonic Furby 420, actually, he asked an excellent question. Uh, he said, what is the one game of out of all the IPs do you want to Ooh. see from this, de- from the deal, from this deal? One, just one. Um, I'll go off the top. I want them to see. I, w- I want them because I'm, I'm just a stickler for it because one, I probably because I grew up with it. I want them to kind of re- continue to reiterate on Crash, uh, Crash Bandicoot um, and Spyro in itself. But if I had to pick one, just because the mythos kind of like what we've seen from Space Marine, I want them to be able to do something like that with Starcraft. I think a third-person StarCraft game. StarCraft Ghost. Oh, out. my God. StarCraft Ghost would be. Oh, my. Oh, my God. You know how. Give, gr- it, <laughs> give it. Give it to ID. Uh, oh, give it, or give it to Id Tech. Give it to Id. Uh, give it to somebody. Maybe the Coalition. Uh, give it to somebody. The StarCraft pot- Ghost. Oh, the potential. <laughs> yeah. There is Bro, so much game. in there. Yeah. That people like just forget about with StarCraft. Oh Lord! What, 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 what's crazy, Steel? What shows you the power of it? StarCraft Ghost was announced in 1999. Yeah, I remember. It was, it was, it was in limbo forever. Every year, 
every month, every couple months, there was articles written about where StarCraft goes. Right. To, to this day, people still talk about StarCraft Ghost, a, go, yep. a game that became vaporware after about seven years. Yep. 2006, 2007, I think they announced the cancellation of it. Um, think about that. To this day, people still think about StarCraft Ghost. If they've revived that, they revive that name and say, we're bringing it back. That would bring dead. people in droves. Bro. Bro. Just like it would is if they re, if they revive StarCraft as a whole, mm-hmm. that is going to ignite, in a, and they want in over on the eastern side of things. Mm-hmm. StarCraft is gigantic. Again, to this day, they're still having they still have tournaments over in Korea for StarCraft. Yeah, yeah. they still have them. They're still huge. They're viewed widely. That's the other thing about this deal, too. I'll answer this question first, and I want to jump in this real quick, too, because a lot of people don't yeah. know about one of the other things they got with this deal. On top of tech, too, which we didn't even get into. They got tech now. They had more oh, engines now. No, that's true. Yeah, no, that's true. 100%. <laughs> um, but, okay, I'll answer the question first. And it's our show, so I'm going to break rules here. So, number one, StarCraft. Okay, I want that to come back. Um, I, I Again, I, I wasn't a big – I haven't been a big PC player. I played PC right. for a bit in my early high school days um, and then got out of it. But I had friends with PCs. I played the Diablo, right? Diablo was big for me. I, you know, I basically lived at my buddy's place for uh, a, a couple of weeks <laughs> to the point where he was like, are you moving in or are you going to start buying groceries? Um, so, but StarCraft, I want to come back because I want RTSs. And I know if Microsoft does it, guess what? It's come to console. Right. So I want StarCraft to come back because I want more RTS and StarCraft. I've watched tournaments before. That's how interested I was in StarCraft. I love it. So I want StarCraft to come back. Um, I already said at the beginning of the show, true crime, true crime. Honest to God, like, let's say it could compete with Carl, Grand Theft Auto. It could compete with Grand Theft Auto if it's with the right if it's with the right people. I have me right Look, people. But if Avalanche pulls off contraband, you give true crime to Avalanche, bro. You could have a freaking gigantic hit on your hands. I am not joking. Whether you purchase Avalanche or not, let's just say that the the contraband does well. It comes out good. They really liked how the development uh, went with it. All that good stuff. You have a great relationship with them. You just say, hey, I'd like you to work on true crime. What do you think? It'd be the perfect, perfect title. And like I was just saying, like Steele just said, it could be a competitor to Grand Theft Auto. As crazy as that is, go watch for anybody who doesn't know what true crime true is. Crime it was, fire. was <laughs> it was a it was a Grand Theft Auto ripoff where you just basically were a cop, right? It An undercover great. cop. It yeah, was it was fantastic. Go watch the videos. Oh, I'm telling you, man. some of those videos you could convince somebody that was an old Grand Theft Auto game. That's how closely it resembles Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Why I say this is. Because to have that exclusive to your your ecosystem, right. just in case, just in case there is ever a deal worked out with Sony and Take Two, just in case that deal ever comes through, to have even a, even a counterfeit, even a knockoff mm-hmm. version of it in True Crime would be so incredibly popular over on Xbox's side, it would be unbelievable. Right. So I think true crime has so much potential out of all of them. Um, I want Raven studios to be pulled off call of duty. Um, I want them to go back to Hexen. Hexen is old school PC. They actually made that game on the original it engine. So now they are part of the family. Now they have access to the brand new id tech engine, right? That Hexen is doom, but medieval with magic spells, swords, maces all that kind of stuff that's what hexen was back in the day 
Go watch some videos on that. So cool for them to bring back a new Hexen would be amazing. Um, Guitar Hero can be resurrected as well. Could be huge. Yeah. Could be gigantic. It's time. That's a, that's they, a missed, op- that's a missed right. opportunity over the last and decade. Phil, Phil mentioned Guitar Hero specifically. I think they do that instantaneously. I think Guitar Hero comes back. That's a family classic, uh, man. Like, family, and, and it's been gone long it. enough. Oh, it's been, and they yeah. killed it off. Again, Activision ran it into the ground. That's the only reason why we don't have yep. Guitar Hero. Yearly they releases. ran it into Six the ground. Six-month releases. <laughs> right. And that was stupid. Yeah. They were just, they needed that profit, so they did it. You bring it back now, you do it right. Some good peripherals, uh, guitars, you know, Keep it keep it reasonable as far as price point goes. Guitar Hero could be a phenomenon again. Um, so that that's what I'll give you guys there. One other thing I was going to say, Steele, the other part of this acquisition that people don't realize, Activision oh, Blizzard owns Major League Gaming. Yep. They own MLG. Yep. Now, MLG, due to the decision of Activision to go exclusive to YouTube, has killed it. Nobody watches the MLG anymore. Because it's on YouTube. They took it off of Twitch. Microsoft can go in and write that wrong. Yep. They could re think about MLG, Halo, Call oh, of Duty. Oh, used to be back in the day. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was. You you now own. It was amazing. And again, as much as MLG has died, it'll people come back. still know what it'll MLG come, it'll is. come back. And Bill has talked about the, they've talked about the importance of esports going forward. We saw them go by, what did they buy? Smash. Did they buy Smash GG or was that Sony that bought Smash? Sony bought Smash GG or did Xbox buy Smash GG? One of no, the two bought Smash Xbox, GG. I think Xbox bought Smash GG. Sony bought okay. something else. Yeah, Sony um, bought uh, one of the other okay. big ones, and I forget who. who anyways, so they've already dipped their toes in. They show interest in esports. Esports is still growing phenomenally. You resurrect MLG, you right or wrong, you cut a deal to come back to Twitch. Oh, now you got esports locked up, and you've got two of the biggest franchises um, to throw in there. Sony bought Evo. Okay, Sony bought Evo. That's fighting. Uh, Xbox bought Smash GG. You bring back MLG. You bring back StarCraft. Start up the StarCraft competitions again. Emma, oh, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm telling you, Major League Gaming has a name yes. in itself. The branding yes. sells. Yes. yes, the branding. I was sells. obsessed with MLG back in the day. Yes. That's why we were on game battles so damn heavy. It's right. because we wanted to be MLG. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man. That has a lot. Yes. I agree yep. with you 100% right there. 100%. Oh, God. It'd be so great. So, yeah, that was another under the radar part benefit, of the purchase. Like it benefits I said, the, the industry. Tech. Yep. And the tech. Um, you know, and they got other smaller uh, companies, too, like Demonware. Um, they got... Bro, they got a lot of... Like I said, the, Zenimax was one thing. Right. This isn't another stratosphere. And when you start breaking it down, Microsoft now owns like, I think it's like eight different, uh, maybe it's even closer to 10 different engines right now, proprietary engines. It's like ridiculous, bro. They're, they're totally insulating themselves. We talked about this back in the day when we first started, we were talking about acquisitions and what Microsoft needed. And I said, 30 plus studios, 50 plus teams. Yep. And look at where we're at right now. Right they're there. They're not done. But we're, we're at somewhere, <laughs> depending on how you want to talk about the studios that they just acquired, right? Oh. You're talking about between like 33 and 38 studios, right? Bro, they can't, they had five in 2017. <laughs> five studios. Yeah, exactly. Four years ago. Exactly. And let me bring this up, Steel. Let me get your quick thoughts on this. If you run down the list, and we did this on Xbox Ultimate last night, 
You run down the list of how big these studios are at Activision. We're talking about 400 plus people at these studios. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them are that size. Mm-hmm. Yo, they can break those teams up. You could double, you could break off part of a Raven studio team and make it two studios of 200 each or 300 each. Some of these studios are approaching 600 plus people. Right. You break those studios into two, working on two IP at a time. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, bro. That's, we, that's the so pipeline, much. Oh my God. The pipeline is already full, but they legitimately could do that because look at the teams at Xbox. Yeah. The only team approaching that size it, is obviously Halo, right? Hmm. Three, that's yeah. the only. It's the only team approaching this size. Most of their studios are 200 or under people. You break those studios up. Yo, man, (laughs) you're talking about gold mine. Gold mine, brother. Again, you wanted content in Game Pass. Yeah. That's what they're going out to do. You said, people said Xbox does not have games. And now you're mad that they're competing for the space. That's my issue. Don't say you want competition and then back off a of competition. Doesn't work that way. Yep. Is what it is. Exactly, fat boy. Exactly, fat boy horror. They have the Call of Duty tournaments. Yep. Look, they 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 own the cons. Yeah, that's true. They have Bethesda's. They have BlizzCon. They have and then QuakeCon. They got QuakeCon. Yep. <laughs> that's that's throwing again. Like I made this point. Um, I believe it was on Boom Show. You're throwing the branding in people's faces all the time that's the other part of it mind share that's what sony was good at right that's what sony is good at right marketing selling you hope mind share and and quake is coming back demonic furby quake is coming back that's already been talked about um they are redoing quake uh that actually um could be what uh, machine games is working on um instead of wolfenstein a lot of people think it's wolfenstein um i personally believe they've been working on quake um, and I think that's going to be revived and yes, Quake come back and Quake back in the day. If they did Quake, <laughs> if they did Quake Arena. Quake was uh, amazing back in the day. And that was a, com- that was a huge competitive Completely game. Different beast. They could add that to that list as well Unreal uh, tur- for esports. <laughs> yeah. Unreal tournament, bro. You could do, I got to say it's crazy. Still, it's mind boggling. It's still, like I said, I've talked about this all week. Yeah. Um, after this is my seventh show this week and I've talked about it nonstop and I still have a hard time imagining all the possibilities. And again, Phil coming out and saying what he said in that Washington Post interview, he's excited about the old IP. That means it's on his mind. He's excited to go talk to the devs and see what they want to work on besides call of duty. He's thinking like us right now, Steele. And to me, that is crazy because then what we are saying here is a real possibility. You could be talking about when this gets out. And again, this is long game. We're not going to see the fruits of this deal probably for four or five years down the road towards the end of this. Could see it sooner. Depends. Could see it sooner. Well, I mean, we're going to see the game pass fruits. We're going to see all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about the old IP coming back. We're we're talking about four or five years down the road. Okay. generally speaking, somewhere in that neighborhood. But we were talking about one, you know, they talked about one AAA game coming out every quarter. Mm -hmm. Then we kind of went through the content list of what they got in the works, 50 plus games that we know of right now. You're talking about one every two months 
as a potential. <laughs> you add this, you split those teams up, oh. you start creating multiple IP. <laughs> You're talking about a game, Monthly. a game and a half Monthly. every single month. First Monthly. <laughs> Again, that's how you get that's how you get those subscribers up. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, I I think this is probably yeah, I think this is probably Laura. the most fantastic way to end this week with the news that we have gotten. This is definitely the biggest news that we've ever got in gaming. Um, the most impactful news. And we will see what the benefits or otherwise will be within the next two years. Uh, again, this deal is expected to end in the summer of next year. Um it may get done sooner than that. Could take a little bit longer. We'll see. Um, and we will continue to talk about um, anything that pops up from here to now. Um, but I do feel like, again, we right here definitely wrapped it up, hitting it from a different angle. Um, also incorporating some other things in there that a lot of prob a lot of other people probably haven't said or have mentioned. And I think this is the perfect way to wrap up this fantastic week of gaming news and uh, kind of kind of going from there, man. So with that, I gotta give y'all the this day in gaming segment. Why? Because gaming is artists should be treated as such. As we as we continue to say here, man. Again, with these older uh, IPs coming back, the potential of everything coming back, I feel like this does nothing but lead more credence to the this day in gaming segment. Because some of the games that I mentioned in this part may end up coming back <laughs> who knows but with that being said ladies and gentlemen let's get into the finale of the show again with this day in gaming uh for everybody that is still here appreciate you for rocking out with us almost four hours in again i knew this was going to be an amazing show glad that uh <laughs> nothing else was going on today i got i got the white working on getting me lunch right now so that's going to be amazing as we roll off to the show um and definitely like ocd gamer says Give us a like again. Uh, the more people we can get on, uh, the liking the show, commenting on the show, uh, sharing it out, the better it works within the algorithm of YouTube and everything. And then for our audio listeners, uh, hopefully you guys like that continuous, uh, that four hour content that we kind of continuously bring you. Uh, I know it's always three hours plus. Yeah. Hopefully it's giving you guys, uh, you know, getting you guys through your work days or whatever the case may be. Um, or maybe just enjoying it in the background while you're doing chores or whatever else the case may be be uh, much love to everybody that's tuning in again um living split screen being a non-console eccentric platform this is one of those moves in the industry that means so much more than surface level and uh <laughs> demonic furby says uh hit that spotify also hey man we're there Hey, again, any of your audio platforms that you're listening to us on i uh whether it's apple spotify uh stacker uh google whatever it may be we are there and i typically upload the show about an hour afterwards depending on what's going on personally um and then go from there so let's get into this this day in gaming segment otherwise known as make pong feel old it does <laughs> <laughs> All just going right. back and talking about activision talking about activision river raid and pitfall man oh yeah God. exactly <laughs> All right, so this time around, I know typically we say we go about 30 years back, but this time we're going 37 years back. Oh, God. In the I gaming was, history for games release. They have memories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh goodness. A gaming <laughs> history on January 22nd. 
Starting off with 1985, the NES released Balloon Fight in Japan. Awesome game. I actually, I feel like I've played that game. You um, probably have it some version. It was in probably. arcades too, I think at one point too. But yeah, Balloon Fight, we used to play that. Yeah. All right, and then in 2001, PC released Airline Tycoon. Man, tycoon those, those tycoon games used to be pretty dope so back in the day. I used to spend yeah. so much time building up my fucking amusement parks and shit like that. It should be fun. Um, then 2002, PC released Disciples 2, Dark Prophecy. That was extreme. Hey, mm-hmm. this next one is probably everybody's favorite game. I never got my rocks off to it. Never saw that much am- amusement or thought it was that great. Uh, I, like I bought it and played version. it late at night. I bet you did. <laughs> I, I bet lie. you I did. Ain't I ain't gonna lie. 2003, Xbox released Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. Shout out to y'all that love that game. <laughs> Bro, the volleyball is fantastic. The, the volleyball aspect of it was good, but that's not why people played it. What do you mean? Hey, oh, what else oh, was there? Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, like Paul was saying, check out some YouTube to find out why people really played Extreme Beach Volleyball for Dead or Alive. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, you want to see jiggle physics at its extreme, at its uh, max potential. <laughs> Woo! There you go. Yeah, very realistic. Uh, <laughs> oh you know, 2004, uh, PlayStation 2 released Phantom Brave in Japan, which is a good game. That's right. Just um, move on, Steel. Just move on. And then PlayStation 2 also released <laughs> uh, Star Ocean to the end Love of Love Star time. Ocean. Star yeah, Ocean a, is an amazing too. series. I'm so happy it's coming back, even if it's going to be kind of last-gen looking. Right. Like, I'm just happy Star Ocean's continuing. Exactly. So, great, great RPG series. Uh, then in 2007, PlayStation 3 released Burnout Paradise. Awesome um, game. Excellent game. I love, Burn- I love the Burnout series. Still playing the remaster. Yep. Um, then and uh, also in 2007, DS released Hotel Dusk Room 215. Okay. Okay. I, all right. Um, 2008, Xbox 360 released Burnout Paradise. Yep. Hey, exclusivity matters. Um, <laughs> year deals, <laughs> right? All yeah, early deals. on. <laughs> yep. And then in 2008, DS released Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. That was a pretty impactful game. I remember they used a lot to of people be. They used that. to be cool. Yeah, they used remember to be. a lot of people playing that. Um, then uh, we released oh, No More Heroes. So dang good, man. So dang good. Shout out to Grasshopper. Actually, Shout out excellent. to Grasshopper, man. Oh, got it. Uh, underrated studio. I wish they would break back in. Then um, we also released One Piece Ultimate uh, Unlimited Adventure. Excuse me. Uh, then in 2009, we released Fragile Dreams, Farewell Ruins of the Moon in Japan. That's a, definitely a Japanese title. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then <laughs> P- P- PSP released Hakuto no Ken Rao Gaiden Ten no How in Japan. <laughs> I don't think that one was ever released here. I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I could be it's wrong, familiar. but I don't think so. Uh, then DS released Monsters Racers. Oh, Monster Racers, excuse me. Monster Racers. Um, then in 2013, PlayStation 3 released Nino Kuni. Wrath of the White Witch. Amazing RPG. Some of the coolest animation right. uh, in an RPG. Man, love that. Oh, Classic. God, I wish Classic. it would bring them to Xbox. It's so fantastic. Yeah. Uh, then in 2015, the Wii U released Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. No, there you go. There's your Kirby. No, no. I have, yeah. I have, I have a limit. I have a limit. <laughs> um, PlayStation Vita released Stranger of the Sword City in Japan. Excellent RPG, underrated, old school uh, corridor RPG. Oh, wow. Okay. So, nice. yeah. Um, 
so good, so deep uh, with a sci-fi kind of twist to oh, it. Nice. Characters are off the charts, uh, customization as far as equipment, uh, loot goes really really good uh excellent excellent game if anybody ever wants to hop into it it's on other uh, it might be on xbox right now too i'm trying to think if you can purchase it i know it's on playstation uh four for sure uh but i think it might be in the xbox store now uh excellent excellent game nice. i played it on vita nice yeah. uh then where are we at we're going to playstation 3 releasing tales of zesteria in japan mm-hmm. tale series excellent um then on the 3ds you got the legend of legacy whose legacy I don't know. Oh, it's, it's just it's legacy in general. It's not Kane. It's our legacy. So I don't no, know. but it's our legacy. No, that's true. It could be our legacy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, PSP released Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V Tag Force Special in Japan. Um, I'm good. Uh, so there's that. I'm not familiar with that one. Then in 2016, 16, excuse me, uh, the 3DS released Mario & Luigi Paper Jam. Paper series, Paper Mario is actually pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. Respect the hustle. Respect the hustle. Yeah, again, right there. <laughs> and then 2018 Android released and iOS Shin Megami Tensei Liberation DX2 in Japan. Oh, good. Shin Megami Tensei needs to come back. Uh, it needs to come to Xbox, I should say. No, 100%. <sighs> and then last but not least, in 2019, PlayStation 4 released Senran Kagura Burst 3 Newell. Nice. All right. I'm not familiar nice. with that that one. But all right. Nice. Sounds interesting. Sounds like it could have been some fun for sure. Um, but <laughs> with that being said, that is your This Day in Gaming segment. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you all for coming out to your episode 41 of the Living Split Screen Morning Show, and uh, which is now we're in the afternoon. It's time for lunch. Get some some real good meal time in there. Uh, he said, Vic the Click says, I wonder if still practices <laughs> saying these Japanese names. No, Vic, you know what it is? It's a lot of anime. It's a lot of a playing lot of those types. It's a yep. lot of playing those types of titles um, and everything. Hey, man, I, I just can't help it. I'm a, I, I think I'm a culture kind of guy. You see you see me, I'm light-skinned, you know. I'm a multicultural, you know what I'm saying? No, no. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of making sure, my father making sure that I learn how to say stuff right. That, that's what right. it really is. Um but anyway, <laughs> with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming out. Uh, audio side, pr- definitely appreciate you guys for listening. Um, if you guys tuned in for the whole four hours, uh, again, amazing show. Look forward to this show every Saturday, man. Again, um, we I feel like we bring a different type of energy, a different vibe, um, just an overall different type of presentation than uh, I, a lot of other shows do. So again, if you guys can share us out, hit the like button. Uh, definitely tell your mom about it. Tell your girlfriend. Tell your long lost brother about it um hopefully we can get some more subscribers again we are on that path to 1000 um so, and we definitely want to reach i mean again i think we can go to 2k but again we'll see uh ambitions its goals we definitely want to hit that those future marks but with that being said you can find me i still rain i the t is a seven still rain for short everywhere type it in google um and if it has a search bar you'll more than likely find me xbox playstation nintendo uh doesn't matter what platform it's on um twitter hit me up in the dms and uh let's talk gaming man um or if you got some personal stuff that you want to get into hey man i don't i can't promise you that i got all the answers but i can definitely give you my opinion uh for sure 
Uh, with that being said, right here, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time. Right here with the Living Split Screen Boys. Uh, again, we're your new Saturday morning cartoons. Definitely tune on, tune in to our non-console-centric platform. And then with that being said, Paul Soul, lead these people to victory. Well, 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 what a time to be a gamer. Golden age of gaming, historic Newsweek, historic acquisition that's going to shape the future. 100%. And, that, and again, that's not hyperbole. That's not being overdramatic. Go read the analysts. Go look at it. This is going to be a key time when they look back and say what was a moment in history in this gen it's going to be this acquisition here um so fantastic like i said this is my seventh show this week steel and i got to talk together uh on xbox ultimate special podcast Tuesday that was amazing night. uh that was amazing we had a huge panel look thank you all chat for coming out here Appreciate every single one of you. Nothing but love and support, respect for all of you, uh, because you give it to us. And for you guys, I know you've been listening all week to other shows to come here and listen to us talk about it some more. Like Steele said, we did try to come from a different angle. Uh, I had, uh, you know, saved some of my ranting uh, for the show because this is the show where I get to do that kind of stuff with Steele. Um, so I hope that you enjoyed uh, some of that. I hope you understand kind of some of the emotions behind um and the passion behind this deal and what it meant to steal an eye right. um and obviously i hope we brought you some information you might not have heard uh on on some other shows out there so thank you all um again as i've been doing for two weeks thank you the community i've mentioned on on living split screen obviously i did it on every show i was on or tried to over the past two weeks but thank you all for the energy and thoughts about uh spooky sprocket 100%. amazing dude in this community he is out of his coma it's a long road woke ahead. Um, yeah, he woke up. Uh, he is getting better each and every day. You, his family's updating uh, his Twitter, but uh, Trinity Warrior on Twitter as well. Uh, the eyes are a one. You can follow. That's his fiance. Uh, she has been posting updates as well. He is getting better each and every day so far. The doctors are actually saying he could be out of the hospital next week. Um, and so let's continue to give those thoughts and energy and love to him and his family uh, so that this process can continue. But thank you all for any of you that took the moment to stop and think about that, man. I can guarantee you, no matter what you believe, it helped. Okay. In, in these types of situations, that energy is needed and is felt. And the family is so thankful for all this community. 100%. Like I said, this community amazes me. So shout out to Spooky. Can't wait to see you back in chat at some point, brother. Can't wait to sit down and be able to talk to you about this Activision Blizzard deal. I'm sure he feels He's got a lot more on his mind, but knowing Spooky and how stubborn he is and how much how much passion he has for this industry as well, I can guarantee you somebody, uh, a Trinity or somebody told him about Activision Blizzard and he was like, what? <laughs> what? I'm knocked out for yeah. a couple of weeks and damn, look at this. I can guarantee you somewhere deep inside Spooky, he's feeling a little bit of a smile coming on about Activision Blizzard and Xbox. So I uh, can't wait to get you back, brother. But uh, shout out to everybody for that. Uh, Pong Soul, Xbox, Twitter, you know the drill. Uh, tonight, 
Shop Podcast, uh, PTK Blam's channel. We are back this week. We had to take a, a break last week because uh, PTK wasn't feeling the best. Uh, we are back. Kea Sante is going to be our guest. Yes. Another just amazing dude in this community. So drop on in the Shop Podcast, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time. Myself, Fuzzy, uh, and Centurion will all be there along with PTK and Kea Sante. Obviously, you're going to hear more Activision talk, but I haven't heard a lot of those guys' opinions yet. So it's going to be new for me. Uh, get some impressions there. Tuesday's Xbox Factor podcast, uh, Double Barrel Gaming, Mr. Boomstick. Uh, you know the drill. <laughs> 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time, Archimedes. Mav is usually there almost every week. Three bit. We can't count on him anymore, but I hope he comes back at some point. Uh, he's so busy right now. Mm-hmm. I give him a hard time, but I love him. Uh, Mr. Joanna Dark and myself. Uh, this week's plan on Tuesday, I think Boom and I are Boom in the panel. Uh, we're going to dive into the IPs and start talking about some of the old IPs yeah. that Phil's talking about bringing back. So that should be 100%. a good, good time. Thursday, PM in the PM, Pong and Mav in the PM, another two man show. If you like this format, check out PM in the PM. Mav and I, you know, again, energy is different. Steel and I are one thing, Mav and I are another thing. But again, the two-man format works. It's I think it's a great time because we do get the deep dive stuff. So check out PM and the PM over on Fun Speculations channel, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time, Thursday nights, where we break down one, two, maybe three topics. Who knows what's going to happen this week? How can you top this week? Jesus, man. Who knows what's going to happen? So anyways, check out PM and the PM over there. You're going to have a fun time. Friday nights back on Fun Speculations channel, Xbox Ultimate, the great eight over there, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Again, just another Xbox focus show where we go left a lot. Last night we started, we ed- we were on outros and we went left for yeah, another 25 minutes. You did. Uh, over Pepperidge Farms and Hillshire Farms. Literally, you don't know what we're going to talk about. You, you have no idea. Come check out Xbox Ultimate Friday nights. It's a fun time. Love you all. Golden Age Gaming is here. Get out there and play some games. Play what you love. Love what you play. I'm going to talk to you all real soon. Steel rap. Tie it up with a bow, man. Just tie it up with a bow. Look, guys. Let's get out of here. Not only go out there and play some games, but get out there and experience life too, man. God damn. Pull pull yourself away from the internet. Pull yourself away from the screen. Walk outside. Take a breath of fresh air. And tell yourself, the life ain't just about you, my guy or my gal. I guess it depends on how you look at it. But with that being said, y'all stay easy. Stay blessed. Stay godly. We will see you next week on episode 42 of Living Split Screen. And with that being said, much love to you all. Stay safe. Love you guys.